Welcome to the Tone Lounge Podcast, the definitive music industry and gear podcast with Jonathan Gilmet and Frank Fleckenstein. Hello and welcome. Good morning to the Tone Lounge Podcast. We made it to episode number 10. Um, it's uh, amazing to, to find out that it has been uh, 10 or 11 weeks that we're doing this now. Yep. And as you as you can see with me as always today, uh, the uh, the honourable Duke of Washington, <laughs> Sir <laughs> Sir Jonathan Gilmet, who uh, who just got uh, married this weekend. Congrats, congrats to that. Yep, and um, yeah, and um, we don't have a guest today because this, uh, as you might see from the title, is our uh, Nam show focused episode. So. For the first time in, I don't know, four years or something, NAMP took place at the uh, regular time slot of the year. So usually it always takes time around the end of January, which it did like this past weekend and the two days before the weekend. And um, be well, due to the pandemic and to other factors, it had, had been like changed around a lot in the past couple of years. But yeah, so... What we are going to do is we are going to look at some of the the new stream that came out of NAM regarding new products, regarding some of the topics that came out of NAM, and we are going to kind of look at it, react to it in a way. This is not a reaction video. <laughs> please don't <laughs> please don't get this wrong. <laughs> yeah. And um, and just you know try to make sense of it and and give our honest views and opinion on. On the topics, and uh, we obviously haven't been to the show for a couple of reasons. Um, a, you got married. Uh, B, it's a, a very expensive uh, kind of trip. Uh, when we talked to Andy Ferris, I think he said it was something around like four thousand euros or something, like the entire trip. Yeah. So, yeah, difficult, difficult, difficult. So let me. Uh, share my screen with you and with everybody else and um, let me you can you see that yep okay so what we agreed on is that I'm gonna pick a topic and we talk about it and then you take a topic and we take turns uh, you've also made yep. a couple of notes and then we um, we look at it so the first thing that I saw that's actually kind of a prenam thing we noticed that a lot of the news that happened uh were kind of already launching before nam because you know people are trying to be first companies are trying to be first and and whatnot so the first thing that i saw is that solar guitars um I, you're probably familiar with solar guitars right yeah yep. yeah so um yeah, so they are expanding their European production, which I think is a great thing. Until now, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, either their stuff was produced in Indonesia or in Korea. I'm not 100% sure. It might be Korea. Um, and uh, now they're moving towards uh, like expanding their European production, which I think, uh, which I think is great, and it kind of... There is a there is a trend, a certain trend to kind of not fully go away from production overseas, but at least to take some part back and maybe have like more control 
and um, have a grip on on yeah maintaining the quality and all of these things so um yeah well, what that's do you interesting think? Because, what do you think of uh, solar guitars in general um well i'm i'm more i wouldn't say traditionalist i i'm, I'm just used to like the classic guitar models but there's a part mm -hmm. of me that's really interested in more like ergonomic um stylized type of guitars and i find that solar has that kind of look to it it looks sleek mm. kind of like a fast car kind of thing if you will and yeah it um does. i i would love to play one but i haven't managed to actually get my hands on one so i'm wondering about like yeah. what does the neck feel like what does the guitar sound like what kind of vibe do you get from it is it just like a one trick pony it just does like the hard rock and metal thing or is it a little mm -hmm. more versatile? So that's what I would be uh, interested in because typically the guitars I have are more like, I guess you could say dad rock, if you will. But I used mm -hmm. to be into like pointy guitars and more metal stuff. I uh, played Schecter guitars for quite a while. So this right. has me really interested. But I know that when these guys started out, they were produced overseas. And since it looks like they're trying to bring it back to Europe, and get it made over here uh might be telling as to why they're doing this like they're doing this because they want to give more value or at least perceived value for solar guitar like mm. instead of thinking about it like just like kind of like those overseas made guitars these now are made in europe they're wanting to change the branding around it i think that's interesting yeah. because we need more instruments that are made where the um, like let's say uh ola is in sweden so we need more guitars that are made in the eu instead of just making them overseas because there's already companies over there from china and other co other countries that are making the guitars there so if you're from let's say canada why not make your guitars in canada well if you make them overseas the usually the cost is way lower you're not the ones making them you're just paying a company to make the guitars for you so when you yeah. bring the guitars back to you, you have more control over the quality of the instrument. Yeah. Because my understanding is that a lot of like companies like Chapman, originally like Chapman uh, were made in England, but then they started making them overseas. And uh, mm -hmm. Rob Chapman had to go overseas to check the quality control. And then yes. they were sent back to him. He had to check it and approve. It seems like a more tedious way of making guitars. When they're made where you live, you can just step into the factory, check them out, and go back home. It doesn't cost you thousands of dollars to go overseas to check out the quality control on the products you want to sell. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred. That's kind of my view on it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same here. Um. So um, what I see here and there is people complaining about quality control issues with the instruments that um that they receive um and i know i just know two things a i know that ola is traveling from time to time to check on on the quality of the instruments obviously not all of the instruments because because if he goes to check personally on hundreds of instruments then that wouldn't be very uh, wouldn't be no. a good of good use of his time but i know that he goes to the factory now and then to check on things then they're 
kind of European headquarters as far as like the shipping and the, the quality control and eventual customer issues goes is in the north of Spain. So it's in Catalonia. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's where he travels and con connects that with a holiday, with a vacation here and there. Um, and also like checks on how things are going there. Um, and what you what I notice is that when you go to the Solar Guitars website and you check the different like different sections, the different product sections, there's always a section with B-Stock. So it seems like mm. how, well, however many uh, instruments they order, there's always a couple that need to, like they kind of fall short and they need to, uh, yeah, check on the issues, point the issues out and then obviously sell them for a, for a cheaper price. Yeah. That's obviously not happening if you have an instrument that's that's built in Europe. It would be interesting to know who builds them. I have a um, uh, yeah, I have a um, kind of a kind of an idea where they might come from, but um, okay, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna say they might come from the Czech Republic, but I'm not sure. <laughs> mm, okay, okay, I see. I'll guess. I'll I'll guess. We'll find out. Um, it's your turn. What one one of one one of uh, what's what's the first point on your uh, in your notes? Okay, so the first one uh, would be the new X B8 wireless system. So okay. I spotted this one. It uh, wasn't new for Nam. So that's yeah, okay. the new X B8 wireless system. So it wasn't new okay. for Nam, but it came out just a few. Uh, I'd say like a few weeks before. So basically, okay. it's got a lot of really cool features in it. I haven't obviously tried it, but I might at some point. Um, basically, it's supposed to be an all-in-one solution. So you have yeah. your wireless system that's supposed to be connected to your pedal board. So th this would be like first in the signal chain. Yeah. It, it can be like your typical wireless where you have like a really nice clean signal but it also has an emulation of a guitar cable. If you're looking to take off some of the high end, it can do this. Oh, it also has a, okay. yeah, it has a boost that is built into it. So being first, mm -hmm. if you want to boost into other pedals, it has a boost. I think it's eight DB, but I, I'm not too certain about that. Uh, there's an XLR out. So let's say, I don't know, you're playing acoustic or bass. You can send it XLR out. Uh, it has obviously a tuner with different functions on it. It seems, mm -hmm. from what I can see, uh, it seems like a really well thought out design. Now, how it actually uh, pans out when you're playing with it, I don't know yet, but I intend to contact them so I can give it a shot. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's like you have it first in the, in the signal chain, you have all your other pedals, and the pedals come back into, I think, the effects loop of the b8 there is one and yeah. then that connects yeah. wirelessly to your amplifier interesting yeah very interesting so that's like um so okay let me get that let me get that straight so you're yep. connected your guitar is connected through a wireless sender so there's a wireless sender going into that thing or that that's no, the part i, just... I don't know yet um <laughs> my understanding is that you do have a wireless system that goes from the guitar to the pedal, but after that, the and pedal then from the pedal sends, to the amp, from the pedal to the amp, yeah. So I'm oh. really interested in checking out more of the details on this, but 
especially like if you're doing a whole lot of live gigging and you need a wireless system, instead of having like the wireless system and then having a tuner and having a boost, uh, it's like they put it all into one. So it's an all in one kind of solution. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's something I'm, I mean, it's not something I would need for home studio, but it's still something that might be interesting, especially considering like I have a small space here and I have all these like really long ass cables that I'm always tripping over. So something like this, yeah. I'd be interested to see. And on top of that, sometimes I get a lot of interference, um, like a lot of RF interference, even with my stupid phone. If it's too near to the tube amp, sometimes I get like these weird, like glitchy sounds. So I'm wondering if this, because of the frequency range that it's in, the 2.4 uh, gigahertz, I'm wondering if the, it could negate some of those interference. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I thought this was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it says that um, like minimal signal transmitting latency is 2.5 milliseconds, which is super low. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it says it has an operational range of up to 50 meters, which is fine, I guess, for the audience that, that this this is tailored towards. Because uh, yeah, let's face it: if you need if you need uh, a longer range you're going to go for a for a pro high-end system, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it says it carries a street price of, street price of 319 uh, USD, which is fair, I mean, for the feature set. You know, you get a tuner, you get a boost, you get um, an XLR output, you get the, um, was it the, the effects loop? Yeah. Sounds, like sounds like a great to me, deal to me. Yeah, and... You know, we might see that price come down eventually because obviously it's a brand new product. Yeah. There's the marketing behind it and all that. But you tend to see with some of these companies like Joyo and UX, so on and so forth, sometimes the price is a little higher when it comes out. And eventually throughout the year, yeah. you see the price go down as they sell more units. So yes. 319 might be a lot if you consider this more like a tuner, but it's not really a tuner. It's a wireless system. So if you look at everything yeah. you get for the price, I think it's I think it's a fairly priced unit. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I agree, one hundred percent. Looks like a, um, looks very good. Um, here's something we can talk about, and uh, I'd love your take on that. So uh, there are a couple of new effects pedals coming out from Vox. Okay. Uh, this year, uh, NAMM 2024, these effects will bring your amp to the next level, which is a bold claim. Yeah. Um, Vox has issued its first Valve Energy pedals in four years, and they're said to be unlike any other Stompoxes on the market. When did I, when, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I've never heard that either. That's brand new. <laughs> exactly. So what does it say? Vox doubles down on the amp-like overdrives of the original drop while increasing the range versatility and appeal with some pedal board problem solvers so what i see is four different pedals and mm -hmm. um what is there so that's obviously a graphic eq um fuzz in no fuel injector what's that level drive oh, seems to be an overdrive power burst looks like a boost and then smooth impact sounds like a compressor to me so what is this? Uh, the fuel injector is a tube overdrive. Okay. 
and it has le- okay. these nice funky graphics in here. <laughs> um, uh, okay, then we have the power burst. That's a tube booster. Okay, gotcha. Um, with only one control, and you can say if you can determine it to be a treble, a natural, or a mid boost. Okay. Uh, okay. Then we have the smooth impact, which obviously is a compressor. Um, and then we have the tone sculptor, which, as the name says, is sculpting your tone um, as a six-band EQ. So all of these are based on the new tube um, technology. And okay. yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I've, I once tried one of these new tube tube screamers, and to be honest when I compared it with a regular Tube Screamer, the impact, the difference, wasn't that dramatic to me to say like, wow, I definitely need a new Tube Tube Screamer. You know, it's... uh, And um, I don't don't know if you can see pricing, but um, let's see. No. No, I don't see pricing. So they're, be interesting they're probably to see. going to be similar to the original ones they dropped. I think they were like two hundred something, like two hundred forty nine or something like that. So I'm assuming they're going to be in that price range. A lot of people love the original uh, designs they came out with. Like the first ones they came out with were more like amp in a box style panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these are more utilitarian type pedals, which I think is cool that little graphic window uh that you see there is whenever you're playing it's showing you uh like the 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 adsr of whatever your frequency is from the guitar and it's showing you how it gets affected by how you control it so you can see like the clipping and all the movement Mm. of uh, the sound wave which i mean it's kind of cool but not really necessary but at the same time it kind of gives you a, a visual representation of how you're affecting your signal now, as far as these, they, they're really like focusing on tube being the primary word, but I'm not going to say it's misleading because it is a tube. It's just not a tube in like the traditional like 12AX7 or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as that technology goes, I, I've spoken about it in the previous uh, podcast. I think like one of maybe episode three or four or something like that. My experience with NewTube was with uh, the Mini Super Beetle, which I really like. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is that it sounds good on its own, but the moment that you take a pedal and put it through the amplifier, it kind of gets mushy. It's way less mm. dynamic and doesn't respond the way you would like it to. So these pedals, I really don't know how they play with other pedals on a pedal board. I wish I could have tried like the original uh, series. I tried to contact yeah. Vox because I do a lot of Vox content. And mm. they were like, well, we don't have any online uh, on hand. So you're going to have to reach out to uh, a distributor in your country and see what they say. No, and yeah, never agreed. heard back from them. So I never got to try them. <laughs> and whenever I see the price tag, I'm like, I'm not going to risk it. I'm just going to wait until I can actually like borrow one, try it out. I love yeah. Vox. I love Vox amps. The pedals seem cool, but how do they play out? I'm not sure yet. So I can't really voice an opinion on whether that's going to be good or not. But I like the fact that they're going for more, like I said previously, utilitarian approach. Like, 
here's an EQ, here's a compressor, here's a boost. Those are all essential things, but are they bringing anything new to the table? That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the, that seems to be the question. So what I'm giving them credit for is the, the up, like the, the visual design. So, um, a, they're using their own types of enclosures, which is great. Um, and then the other thing is that they have like these very minimal kind of etched in graphics in there. So I like that. So so yeah. from the graphics, I mean, it's, I I don't know if if I would do it the same way, but as le- at least from like the visual aspect, it looks great. Mm, again, the new tube thing is, I think it's such a thing of perception. If you yeah. if you're into that kind of stuff and somehow it convinces you that it's, it's going to work great and it's going to make everything better for you then great perfect then you know go Mm. for it but um this whole thing with the the what does it say the the oled display exhibiting oscilloscope and pertinent meters that's just a gimmick for me i I don't i don't see the practical use no yeah like like you say it's a it's a bit gimmicky but at the same time I think that little gimmick is probably what gets you to identify this pedal as being a vox pedal i don't I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's another company that does something similar, but I haven't uh, seen one. So maybe you know that's uh, something that's unique to them. But yeah, they they have a sleek design. So yeah, the pedal does look cool. And I, I know I'm kind of like splitting hairs here, but those would be made even cooler if the in and outputs were top mounted. Yeah, so, because I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you could stack more of them together, right? That's something I really love with pedals is when they're top mounted, you get more space on a cramped little pedal board. But, you know, if you use like flatter head uh, input jacks, uh, you know, you can still squeeze them fairly close together. Uh, But if you're using like the, the, like I have these guys here, like cables like these, the moment that you go like this, it takes up a lot of room on a pedal board. So if yeah, you're putting them side by side, man, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. But I mean, I'm like I said, I'm just like kind of splitting hairs here because otherwise I really haven't tested it out. But they look like cool pedals. And maybe at some point this year, I'm going to be able to try them out and actually voice an opinion on whether uh, this is something cool from Vox or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Um, yeah. Uh, I would really love the price point on those. But well, I guess we'll, we'll find out about that um your turn what's on your list next my turn would be the game changer mod series oh yeah actually um i actually found let me just find this again um there there we go those were the ones yeah so that looks to me really interesting because it has i i don't know if you um you've ever seen those old synth where you have to actually plug your patch cable to different sections to get different types of oscillation and effects. Yeah. The modular synth. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what that kind of reminds me of, which I find really interesting because then, I mean, it really opens up the floodgates on what you can actually do with the different modulations. There's only three of them, I think currently. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, reverb, yeah. delay, and chorus. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
that looks really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I agree. And, and it also says in this article, if one thing can be said about the folks at Game Changer uh, is that they don't do normal, <laughs> which they definitely no, don't. No. So you have to give them credit for the designs of the past couple of years. They have always been very unique. And th that kind of uniqueness that set them apart was also, also was made, what made it interesting for people and attracted users of of well, even different genres to adopt and 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 buy them and um yeah i think that looks like an, a really interesting concept i have seen some some videos where they demonstrate what you can do with it um one thing we have to say though obviously uh, this is nothing for the for i think for the average user this is something for the guy who likes to tweak who likes to be like in complete yeah. control and who even likes to come up with unconventional sounds that's nothing nothing for the guy who says okay i have a pedal board i put six pedals on there one of them is a chorus one of them is a delay and I, i'm going to tweak two or three knobs and i'm there that's not for those for those people no no and i think they they know that as they're making the products and that's probably what makes their success is the idea that they know exactly who they're making the pedal for. They're not trying to please yeah. everybody. They're trying to no. get the person who thinks outside the box, the person that doesn't even know there's a fucking box. You know, <laughs> those yeah. people who are like, they just put pedals together to go, Hey, look, I don't even have to play my guitar. I just press this button here. I do this and I'm playing the fucking pedals. That's who <laughs> that's for. Now my mind doesn't, always work like that but sometimes it does like sometimes i go outside a bit uh, of the convention now mm -hmm. if you take like the, the 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 weird aspect of like being able to plug into the different pedals and changing the oscillation and all this stuff i'm sure you can still use it as a very conventional pedal but seeing mm -hmm. as they kind of seem to build an ecosystem with their pedals someone who loves uh game changer and loves the effects they're going to gravitate towards this and start making like really fucking weird ass sounds with it, which I think yeah. is cool because then that inspires you to play differently and come up with mm. different types of uh, riffs according to how the pedal reacts. So the pedal almost becomes like an instrument in itself. Itself. So I yeah, really exactly. like that about this company. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I'm looking forward to see what people come up with uh, regarding that. That's, that's going to be, very interesting to see. Um, and again, I don't know what the price point is. Those those things won't be cheap. Um, the no, stuff that, that no, no. Game Changer Audio does never is. But um, again, they're not making this for people who are buying um, pedals for 30 bucks on Amazon, you know, so. No, if you want like a Boss CE2, this is probably not the chorus you should be looking at. No, definitely, definitely not. Um, going on with this news stream, um, and since we were talking about Vox, I'd like to stay at Vox for a minute because they also announced, um, another edition of the Handwired series. I'm just going to enter that. What is that? Oh, that? That's Guitar World. Okay. Um, so our homage to the legendary 60s legacy, the new Vox AC Handwired series promises to be the ultimate recreation of the iconic guitar amps used by everyone from Brian May to the Beatles. 
The new collection is the result of a detailed study into vintage Vox AC30 and AC15Ms with uh, each entry aiming to deliver a sound that's, a f that's as faithful to the original as possible, which leads us back to the Gibson topic of last week where we were actually saying like, okay, but all the hand wired before that, you just you just guessed you did you like you <laughs> used some dices and like okay that that has to be the, the correct value and now you're yeah. doing it for real it, it kind of makes everything that was bef before that uh kind of like obsolete. okay yeah yeah kind of kind of obsolete exactly which is yeah yeah it's um it, it's always the same with these topics so now we figured it out You know, we're doing hand wired amps for like what 10, 15 <laughs> years, but now we figured it out. Now we really, yeah. this is like, and it doesn't, and we won't do another hand wired edition ever again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh. except in 10 years when we come back with a new version where we've done it even better than the last time. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. silly, but it's marketing talk. That's all of that is. It it definitely is marketing talk. What I, to their credit, what I like, what this time they were not only targeting, uh, like one or two of the AC series. Now they're doing it for all of them. So they're doing it for the AC4, the AC10, the 15, the 15X, and the 30X, um, and for the matching cabinet. So in this case, if you wanted to dive in the hand wired world of you know. Uh, faithful recreations uh you can pick your favorite you know you're not stuck with either the 15 or the, the four or the uh okay. or the whatever um let's see in terms of internal competence boxes huh yeah do they mention if uh, they have the ef86 yeah i'm trying to find that Oh, so in terms of internal confidence, Vox has curated a faithful assembly of tubes with each unit coming equipped with uh, ECC83, 12A7, and EL84. Okay, that's the usual stuff. Yeah. And then um, ECC81 and 87, so the lesser output uh, versions of those, and then the, the GC uh, GZ34, which is the, the rectifier. Rectifier tube. Exactly. Uh, but I don't see anything about the EF86. Um, so at all. that means that they're, they're making this a bit different than the custom series. Uh, the custom series don't have a rectifier tube. So mm. uh, it's solid state. So yeah. this brings it closer to the original. Now, my like first thought that comes to mind is that they've done this like almost every 10 years they come out with a new series of hand-wired uh, amplifiers. So mm -hmm. I think it was in the early 2000s. I don't quote me on the year. I'm thinking like 2003, something like that. Um, they had like a, was it the 50th anniversary? I think I think that's what that I was. They came think, out with an yeah. addition and apparently that amp is like the end-all be-all of the hand-wired that they came out with. Then they came mm. out almost 10 years later with another But those were made, instead of being made in uh, Great Britain, they were made in China. So most of like the 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 Fawn look, uh, AC-15s, AC-30s, so on and so forth, they're hand-wired in China. Apparently, they're mm -hmm. really, really good. Uh, super easy to service if there's any issue with the amps. 
Does it say if these are made in the UK or if they're made in China? Did the yeah, provenance I'm trying, is I'm it? trying to find out. Yeah, I'm trying to find out where they're actually made because it doesn't say that. Um, poof. Let's see. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't say okay. where this comes from. Okay. And that, that's the other thing, too, with them is that they talk about faithful recreation. Is, uh, I think it mentions the speakers that they have in here. Um, so are we talking fame? Uh, is it? Uh, oh, that, 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 that's what that's they say. So it says, like, for speaker suggestions are used throughout the entire range. Each offering is loaded with either one or two greenback speakers, depending on its size, while the X iterations obviously come with the classic 12 Alnico Blue. Okay, I see. Yeah, because uh, they, they've been sticking with Celestians for ever now, but the original, some of the original, sometimes never had the same speakers in them. Uh, yeah. So you had Fane uh, that was making them. You had Goodmans that were making speakers for them. Uh, so that's why I was wondering if they were going to go with one of the smaller boutique companies to make a speaker for them to kind of get them closer to like the original speakers that were used in some of the Vox amps. So, yeah, if they're sticking to the nope. traditional greenbacks and blues, that's okay. It gives us a, referen a reference point. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised because I would have thought they would have had, like, the EF86 as an option in there, uh, different yeah. speaker choices would have made it really cool. But I I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see and give one a shot and see what I think about it. Yeah, if you want, if you want that... Um you probably you probably have to go with one of the um with one of the boutique builders that make uh recreations of those amps um there is i remember there is a morgan amp that actually has a 12a7 and an ef86 channel um there's okay. also a really cool boutique builder just around the corner from like 30 kilometers out of my hometown uh real tone amplifiers um okay. and he makes he also makes amazing amazing recreations of of uh of vox amps and he also has like different inputs for like uh or you can switch between the the ef86 preamp and the 12a7 preamp oh that's cool so yeah yeah um so if you wanted that and if you wanted to go into that direction you could still go with one of the like known boutique uh boutique builders um okay so we can cross that off the list what's next on your list okay so next is something that i caught actually this morning uh which is uh very interesting it's called hitar so that's h-i-t-a-r mm -hmm. and my understanding is that this is like a midi device that you put on your guitar you know all the people that do like the slap guitar stuff, you know, they play and they slap on their guitar to get the percussive thing. Well, yeah. this one gets triggered whenever you hit your guitar. It can trigger a kick drum, a snare, uh, or specific notes. If you yeah. want, like, to, I don't know, like, have, like, kind of like an E, an E chord sustain whenever you hit your guitar. Yeah, it, I'm trying to It kind of flew under here. the radar. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you go up... Yeah, you. If you keep going up there, uh, at the very top, you have um, a video from. Uh, it would be yeah, the, the that one there. Uh, so this one, uh, KDH, no, that's the Vox video. Yeah. 
Uh, KDH, okay. Uh, no, yeah, KDH. Uh, actually, yeah. that's where I found it. He's the only one that okay. seems to have like caught it over at NAM. And like I said, it, it see it's really interesting because you can get these percussive sounds or pretty much come up with whatever you want to using yeah. the, the the MIDI control. Now, when the guy is doing the demo, it doesn't seem to track all that well. It seems to have a bit of latency, so I don't know if that was an issue while they were doing the demo or if the product comes like that. Mm. If they can manage to uh, get the tracking right, that could be very cool for someone who plays acoustic and is doing the whole percussive thing. So, yeah, they, it's this uh, this gentleman right there. Okay, and, I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to see if... When, uh, let's see if you can... Can you, can you hear that? Let's see. On my end, I have no audio. But if the people listening to the podcast have it, I, yeah, I've I'll already try. watched the video, so that's okay. Okay, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, okay. Um, so that's basically what it is. Hitar MIDI. So there's... Ah, okay. So you're going to put that into the sound hole of your guitar? Yep. That, is that what it does? Yeah, and what I understand, yeah, the module goes into the the sound hole, and it mm -hmm. gets triggered whenever you're hitting the guitar. So whenever there's like a percussion thing going on, you can activate different uh, like different sounds, if you will. So if mm -hmm. you want more like a snare or claps or something like that, you can get those triggered. Now it's not something wow. that I personally play, but for someone who's into this, it definitely went under the radar because. I would have expected more people to talk about this because that's kind of neat. I don't know why anyone hasn't come up with it before. It's not like a new technology, but these guys were thinking obviously differently for these acoustic musicians. So yeah, yeah. like I said, if you watch the demo, uh, the tracking isn't all that great. Uh, you can tell the guy is struggling to <laughs> get it to react properly, but that could have been an issue that they were having at NAM, or it could be actually the product that's not completely grounded. But if you can get yeah. the tracking to be like low latency, that could be really, really cool for like solo guitar players that are playing this style of music. Yeah, yeah, it uh, definitely looks good. I'm trying to find. Yeah, that, that's that's something I really like about KDH that he is like he he doesn't just go to the big guys and and big names, and uh, he also goes to 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 smaller guys. If he finds something interesting, he's still like yeah, kind of. Look is always in search of that kind of stuff, and I, yeah, I really like that about him. Um, cool, yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I didn't see that, so that's, um, yeah, <laughs> like it, um, like it, like yeah. it. Um, let's, um, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about these uh, Vox guitars. Uh, when we talked beforehand, beforehand, like offline, um, about the the yeah built-in speaker vox guitars i think you you mentioned like yeah vox brought came up came up with this questionable guitar so <laughs> yeah yeah it's supposed to be a travel guitar but like they've done this back in the 1960s they had this kind of weird ass guitar that had a built-in speaker uh i think fernandez had something like yeah. that too like really yes. ugly ass guitar with a, a speaker in it I remember Paul Gilbert back in like I think it was the 1990s. There was a photo shoot with him and one of those ugly ass guitars. And yeah, yeah, it's 
it's not anything really new, but they they wanted to arken back to the 1960s, but with like more modern needs out of yeah, a guitar yeah. like that. But uh, I don't know. It's novelty. It's kind of the thing that I personally, I have like no interest for something like this. And I, I don't know who would maybe someone who just like plays for fun and likes to have a backing track and, you know, sit on their porch in front of a beautiful lake playing their little Vox travel guitar. But the demo I heard, uh, <laughs> the guy was playing it and it was out of tune and it sounded horrible. So I'm okay. going to hold whatever opinion just to the fact that this is not something that I would be interested in. It could be cool for someone who's looking specifically specifically for that. But mm. personally, <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I, I guess the, the, the average street musician is probably better off with an acoustic guitar and then and not with one of those things. <laughs> yeah, and you get yourself one of those, uh, I forget the name of the company, but they make like this little pedal, guitar pedal that has all these drum loops in there. Uh -huh. You're probably 100% better off with that than with something like this guitar. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch base on this really quick and i don't want to go too deep into this but while we were talking about like faithful recreations and um doing things they were the way they were done in the in the early days uh it seems like like vox is like uh claiming the biggest um the biggest flag this year you know with the hand-wired yeah. series and now they're also coming out with these um apparently super faithful 60s Vox um, wah, um, recreations. And the thing is that normally I wouldn't be a lot into this, but recently I've like kind of rediscovered my, my interest in wah pedals. For a long time, I was like, no, um, the last wah I used was during my time in that heavier band and it was I used it like for, for two two or three parts within a set and it wasn't a cool effect and then at some point i just you know but recently I, I, i'm really interested again and there is it's interesting to know that there is an an entire science around wah pedals there's there's like a group of people mm. who are so into wah pedals that they look for um especially with the vox like with the 60s was there there are some that were made in the uk there are some that were made in Italy. There are others made in the US, and there's there are differences in 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 the components. And I I always knew that people who are into certain things they're like meticulous about it. But it seems like with with these wah pedal guys, it's a it's a different level. Yeah, the these here. Um, every time I've heard. These, like the real McCoy and uh, the other one, the, the V846, every time I've heard them, I was like, I think that's the, I think that's the why I need. Like, I love wall. Yeah. It's not something I use all the time, but every time I, I try different wall pedals, I have an issue with the sweep. So it feels like mm. you go super thin or really dark and it seems like you only have like a really small movement you can make with the wall to actually get the effect and because i have big clunky feet i actually like a wall that has a wider sweep where mm -hmm. i can know like okay if i tilt my foot this way i'm getting the more throaty thing or if i tilt it this way i get the more raspy high end yeah the yeah. closest i've been to that is actually right there behind me 
That's a um, flatly wah. This one here is based on like one of those 1960s Wasso. Uh, it's twin T something. I don't know anything about pedals when it comes mm -hmm. to building them, but this one here is actually really, really cool. And when you kick it in, it doesn't thin out. And that's something that pisses me off with the Crybaby or the, those that I've tried, which were like the lower end one. Is mm -hmm. that you click it in and already you have this and you hear this god awful noise whenever you're sweeping with it mm. so what i ended up doing just like you i used to play in a heavier band and i had this one section in the song where i needed a wah and i was playing the more the morley bad horsey two and i really love that one but then again it's more subtle so it's not like a yeah. big ass throaty like wah kind of thing but these guys here that's what they do and they're really good at it but i've don't own one so this is the kind of thing i'd probably pony up the money to get one of them like the mm. the, the real mccoy uh i think that's the clyde clyde mccoy like the trumpet yeah. player guy they were yeah. trying to copy the because he was putting a plunger in front they were trying mm -hmm. to copy that with this model and it's 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 a fantastic pedal i love that one yeah yeah i guess i, I guess a lot of these recreations are just proof that if a company like Vox does that and they kind of try to recreate and bring that sound back into a more affordable format, it's just testament to uh, the weird pricing and the, the super exaggerated pricing on the used market. Because if you look at some of those yeah. wars and uh, and a good a good buddy of mine who is a total war nerd, he told me like, um, here I have I have these four, and he showed me like the Italian made one, and and we actually we uh, looked we took a look inside and looked at the components and everything. And he told me what he paid for some of those, and I was like, "Oh, man, that's a lot of <laughs> money for for a while." But and he's but he's a he's a fanatic. So, um, and um, yeah. So I I think Vox coming up with those is just like okay, uh, if you want if you want that, um, you can have it, and you don't have to pay four or five hundred bucks for a wah pedal. You know? Yeah, I th I think this is probably their more interesting release for Nam. Uh, yeah. the, the amps could be interesting too, but I'd have to try them out. But this here, yeah, I mean, if it can like give a big ass kick in the balls to all the price gougers that are just like increasing the price on vintage stuff, that's yeah. great. Because I mean, some people can't afford that and they're like, oh, I insist on having an original. But yes, being the way I am, it's like very, there's very little situations where I'm willing to put a shitload of money just to get the original. Uh, maybe yeah. like amps like that, but because no one's re recreating those anymore. But for a no, fucking no, no. pedal, like paying like hundreds and hundreds, fuck off! I'm not doing that. <laughs> no. Uh, so no more, no more uh, Vox. I think uh, I've, I've covered everything uh, about Vox. The the article that I really wanted to talk about is this one, and I, I'm not sure if you have seen that, but uh, Fender is actually coming yeah, out with their that. own. Yeah, coming up with their own uh, loop switcher, and they call it the switchboard. And um, what's interesting is that it kind of brings some of the features that we know from uh, from switches like the Musicom Lab or the Gig Rig um, from from the guy from Daniel Steinhardt, where um, well, you'll get a couple of uh, this one has five. Uh, programmable 
loops. But what you can do is, okay. since it's possible to, uh, uh, it's it's MIDI that has MIDI, MIDI capabilities and all of that. Um, the cool thing you can do is you can, you know, switch them around. You can change the order um, on the inside, which is um, okay. Which is a nice thing um, for people who like to, you know, switch um, overdrive pedals um, in in whatever direction. Um, that's definitely a nice thing. According to this article, all the effects loops are true bypass and they're stereo. So these are stereo jacks. Oh, and that means you can you can actually uh, essentially what you could do is you could either go with a stereo effect or you could also you know use put two inf- two effects in there um okay and um i don't know the, what the price point was but i th- if i remember correctly it was something like 450 us which is well, not too bad. fair yeah which is which yeah. is fair it looks like it looks like it's easy to operate um and it's it also seems that it's it's not that huge it doesn't have such a big um well, doesn't say anything about the dimensions though um does it mention yeah. anything about um buffers so yeah the, i'm the, i'm, I'm trying to find buffers for input and output yeah no i'm i'm trying to find that so the switchboard offers Similar functionality to things like the Gig Rigs, uh, G3 Atom, or the Boss ES re- uh, range. It features five stereo, two bypass effects loops that you can toggle and rearrange into any order. Once a, ba- a patch has been made, you can save it into a bank for instant recall. Yeah, that's what these things normally do. Um, like other high-end switches, there's MIDI support for sending control messages through a more complex digital rig. Yeah, makes sense as well as a foot switch jack for things like amplifier channel switching or tapping a tempo uh, into an analog delay. Um, you know what, let's just let's just find out um, on the manufacturer's website. Um, Fender, there we go. Let's see if this has a buffer. No, I would like to stay on this side. Yeah, safe, whatever. Um, so the price point... What? Ah, oh, no, that's Fender Play. Did you say 149 Yeah, no, this is uh, Fender uh, Fender Play annual subscription. That has nothing to do with the, uh, uh-huh, with the price of this thing. Okay. <laughs> I was add like, to, I'm going to I'm gonna order yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, five. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 500, 500 user presets... Um, Let's see. True relay true bypass effects loops. Okay. Um 100 favorite presets. Um full color LCD screen encoder knob. Doesn't say anything about uh buff ah switchable high fidelity input and output buffers. Okay. Ah, there that we makes go. sense. Okay. Uh integrated pro- yeah. professional tuner. That's nice. And um what else? Built-in movable volume pedal. Okay. Mm. How does that work? Okay. 
Ah, uh, okay, okay, gotcha. A, so an expression yeah. pedal, maybe. Yeah. So you'll put an expression pedal here, and then you can put that and rearrange that within the chain, the internal chain. That's something oh, okay. that the um, the I think the ES8 from Boss or the ES series from Boss can do. I'm not so sure about the gig rig Adam. Um, I know you can. Oh, oh, it might be able to do so, but. Um, yeah, and one thing, it is designed with RJM music technology. I'm not sure if you are familiar with RJM. No. It's one of these companies that make these large solutions for guys like John Mayer or like some of these bigger oh, okay. acts where you have a ton of pedals and amplifiers to control and then you have like a large controller in front of the stage. Um and that's what these guys do. They specialize in like high-end switching systems for professional use. Okay. Um, let's see if I can add this to my card. I wonder, I really want to find out what the price. Um, I, I, I noticed can't. something else really interesting about this. Um, yeah. It says that it's 9-volt DC, 500 milliamp. It's yeah. not that power-hungry, meaning that if you're using something like a Chalks DC5 or something like that, you can power this thing up quite easily. Mm -hmm. Yes, 500 uh, milliamps is very reasonable. Uh, 100%. Um, let's see if I can find a price. Yeah, but here it says 449 USD. So I think that's uh, I think that's very reasonable. And um, yeah, I that's really, a fair price. Yeah, and I really hope that the... Um, that the effects loops are better than the one on uh, on the Tone Master Pro, because that those were like terrible uh, to integrate uh, external <laughs> effects. But since yeah. RJM is involved, I I trust and believe that 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 thing is going to work uh, fine. Um, I, I don't care much for the the color, like. I'm I'm not usually big on the look of gear. Yeah. But this like beige, like really boring kind of color. It, it would have been cool to have other color option. Maybe that will come in the future. I think that's the only thing right now from what I'm seeing. It's the only thing I would like not like about this, but otherwise <laughs> it looks like it's pretty user friendly. And yeah. for someone like myself who doesn't like to go deep into menu diving it looks like they kept it like a rotary knob i used to have like back in the day a roland gp8 and oh, that's how yeah. that worked it's like you had to use a little rotary thing and then click in and then you know you would set your stuff and it looks less of a pain in the ass than that from like yeah what i can tell right now but yeah i i could see myself going for that because right now i have um the iguana tail from uh yeah. one control yeah I paid like 200 something for that, which is about half the price of what this guy goes for. And I don't have one tenth of the functionality that this has. So I could see myself using something like this on a pedal board just to be able to, you know, have more control over the, uh, the routing. Cause the, yes. the, with this, the iguana tail, there's no routing. It's like whatever order you put them in, that's what you have. Which is fine if you want to keep it super minimalistic, but if you want to do like, okay, do I want the tube screamer before the fuzz or after the fuzz? Or, you know, you can't really do that without manually just changing the pedal order and, you know, putting all the cables back. 
which can be a pain in the ass. So if you're alive and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't have the right order on this pedal, it can just go in and just switch it up with something like this, which is, uh, for the price point, I think pretty fair. Yeah, 100%. What, um, and, and I agree. I mean, there are these very simple loop switches, um, some of them even like relay switching based, so they're like super silent and you won't hear noise when you switch pedals on and off. And yeah, obviously with these simple solutions, you do not have additional options like rearranging the order. You need something programmable with like some sort of um, a mixing matrix, uh, which is usually back usually backed yeah. up by some processing power in order to pull that off. Um, what's more important is the signal integrity. I think that that is yeah. that is key. You you want your sound to be one hundred percent unchanged if you have zero pedals engaged. That's number one. That's the whole reason why you do that. You know, you want to take stuff that you don't need out of the signal path. Um, so that's one thing. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's even more important than anything else because that's that's like the basis to begin with. And then everything else, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Four hundred fifty bucks is an absolute fair price point for what for this thing brings. Yeah. The color, uh, it's uh, this kind of beige. Uh, like almost faded gold, uh, yeah, kind of anodized uh, thing. I'm not a fan of it either, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's a small detail, right? <laughs> it's a it's a yeah, exactly. Visuals usually yeah. no, that's that's a question of of taste. Um, what's next on your list? Uh, next on my list is the Bad Cat Rubicon. Yeah, so I wasn't able to. Yeah, yeah. so. I, Bad cat. Yeah, what I found out about it is that um, they're kind of going back to the smaller size, like almost like a lunchbox type amplifier. Yeah. But with more modern accoutrements, something similar to what you would find in maybe like a, something like a Rev amplifier or maybe Black Star. So they have yeah. the two notes integrated into it. Yes. Yes. And they've gone beyond because i have a a bad cat here and usually bad cat just the name gets lit up but this thing it's like the whole face plate gets lit up which makes it look kind of neat i know it's kind of kitsch to 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 think that way but it's like sometimes looks can you know attract different players and this one here i'm looking at it i'm thinking yeah there's not just the face plate or the, the 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 logo that lights up there's a whole thing uh which makes it look kind of uh I don't know, like lava or something. So yeah. it kind of gets my 16-year-old self back into like, oh, that looks like a cool amplifier without ac- actually playing it. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the features that's, that are on there are what a modern player would want. And in terms of tone, what I heard from just a few videos, it sounds like a bad cat. It sounds like a, a really cool amplifier, but I yeah. don't know the price point yet. So I don't know if this is going to be like a worthy venture for uh most musicians but it looks like a uh a cool amplifier yeah yeah and, and i know i don't uh, peter the guy that you see in that video peter Arens, is actually uh yeah that's 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 the guy uh between uh for that the head behind ampede so the the switching systems okay. and and um he was working at boutique amps distribution before and then he left boutique amps distribution and became the head designer at, at Batcat. And since then, the company has really like taken a turn into 
yeah. a more modern direction. So they kind of have revamped all the things that they did in the past. So like the, the stuff that was already popular, uh, the popular Bad Cat amps, um, they have updated those. And then, yeah, they came out with uh, this, um, the Lynx amplifier, which is like yeah. more to focused towards the modern player. And yeah, it's getting even more modern because what I really like about it, since I'm a huge fan, is that the two notes torpedo is is in there. So you essentially get an amplifier plus a tor- torpedo captor X. Uh, that's that's built in, and um, yeah, it's. A, I think this is. If you want to play tube amps, I think um, high headroom, low wattage with additional features is the future. It's it's what's gonna yeah. so it's gonna happen. And it seems to be a trend, from what I can tell with uh, the NAM was like smaller size, more geared towards a uh, modern player, which we, it's kind of funny because we talked about this a few episodes ago where we said, seems like the companies are out of touch with what guitar players need yeah. and then smack in the face, they come up with this. And then I'm like, well, I stand corrected. They were listening, which is, we're kind of too, too eager to see a change and they were waiting for nam to kind of drop it on everybody yeah uh you know whether it's that or the kemper player uh stuff like that you know they seem to be shrinking down modernizing giving more options that are useful not only for the gigging musician but also people that are playing at home which makes sense because if you buy something like this amplifier it's very different than uh, the Hot Cat 30 that I have, which is like, I, I, this one here is a 2005, so there was none of those technologies available at no. the time. So you plug this fucking thing in, man, and it is loud. It's a loud oh, 30 yeah. watts. And the only thing you can do is just like get an attenuator, but that doesn't exactly sound the same. So this here for a modern player, which is pretty much anyone alive right now, makes yeah. a lot of fucking sense because i mean if you don't have a cab you live in an apartment you want a tube amp but you you know you don't want to buy all this extra gear well you got the xlr out send it to your audio interface or whatever and there you go you can play a great sounding tube amp that yeah. has what you're looking for uh in terms of headroom and all the options and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah i i think bad cat is really trying to disassociate themselves from being just like a similar or almost a copy of a matchless, which they kind of were at first. Yeah. And now they're trying to rethink their branding. And I think it's really smart of them to do that because now they're going to have their own image. People are not going to be associating them and confusing them with matchless. They're going to be like a different entity. Yeah. So yeah, very smart marketing. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's, this thing is, is going to sell, uh, really well not only because i know that i mean peter's a genius peter is a genius the ms he made they're killer um the switching systems that he made that he created they're absolutely killer and um yeah he's he wherever he was whatever he was doing he was doing a great job um obviously he was repairing a lot of ms and modifying a lot of ms uh, when he was living still here in cologne now he lives out in, in california but um yeah i know that this thing is gonna rip 100%. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to find, because while we were talking about this, um, I remember that, and I don't know if you saw that, but Synergy um, released a similar amp. Ah, there it is. So this is, can you see that here? This is the yeah, yeah. Synergy, ah, that's what it was called, Synergy Syn 20 um, IR. Let's see if I can get a better image of this. No, that's Reddit. I think I saw, well, okay, let's stick with this image then. It doesn't matter. Um, so this essentially goes into like the same kind of um, direction. So Synergy was involved in the development of uh, the Friedman IRX, obviously, where you have this uh, this um, like amazing Friedman preamps in there, but you also have the digital uh, backend, which has a a power amp and a cabinet simulation, and you can geek with that thing right away. Then, obviously, they were also involved in the twenty watt uh, Astro from Zoldano, so the same kind of technology applies there, where you can go completely cabless. Okay. And you have six different IR slots and all that kind of stuff. So, and something that has been in the making for quite some time is they wanted to apply that same kind of back end, but then combine that with the modules, the, the module system, the modular wow. system that they are sporting. So essentially this new amp, and they only had like a prototype, like a workable, workable prototype at the NAMM show because apparently there's still a little bit of a way to go before they go full production. But essentially, you get a a clean, like a, a high headroom, clean channel, kind of blackface um, as your first channel. And then with the, with the slot, whatever slot you use, it's going to add another channel or another two channels on top of that. So hmm. um, imagine you have a 20-watt high headroom low power and obviously like a very compact format you have six ir slots um and uh, you have midi capability and then you can essentially use and they have so many modules right now they have everything from uh from from kind of tweet tweet amp uh baseman uh over to vox over to morgan they ha they also have the, the the morgan version of vox they have the i think 51 5150 they have the mark 2c plus they have the D so there are so <laughs> many modules so essentially um this thing can be whatever amp you want it to be in that compact format that's crazy yeah it is absolutely crazy and i'm so looking for let's see if we can find oh yeah there's an image of the back so Kind of similar to what the the Astro Twenty from Soldano has, where you have like okay, you have the USB for connection to your computer to then work with the um, the editor, uh, and and it's a simple, straightforward editor. Just everybody can work with that. Even people who are like complete computer idiots could work with it. Um, you have headphone and and balanced output, MIDI in, effects loop, and then obviously a, a small selection of speaker outs. Man, I'm so interested in checking this out. This, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, 
it's I think where um, maybe we're we should do a podcast episode on where we think guitar gear is going to go in the future, like in mm. the next ten years or so. I, I think with our predictions and stuff, it, it would be kind of neat to see, like if we think outside the box where companies are going, but we're starting to get a glimpse of that, right? So yeah. the whole two notes thing is starting to get integrated into more gear. So we're seeing it with amplifiers, which is smart because that means you still get to play a tube amp, but you get the benefits of IRs without having to carry around like something like the Captor X or something like that, right? It's already mm. built in. And if you yeah. want to use your own IRs, you can load them right in there. It's a small portable solution, which is great for just about any scenario that you can think of, but yeah. also just fantastic for home players. Because how many people complain that, you know, they're using an amp and it's just too loud and now they're going to have to downside to downsize to a small practice amp. Well, this is essentially the size of a practice amp, but just like with all the superior technology you could think of. Yeah. And I don't see this getting outdated too soon. And no. sometimes the problem with going with new technologies that something better comes out in six months and now whatever you got, it gets depreciated in value. And I don't think that would be the case with something with an amplifier like this because the amp itself like if it gets the modular aspect to it where you can just change the preamps you don't have to change your amp like if you don't like those those modules anymore you sell them buy new ones <clears throat> and this way you don't have to change amplifiers whenever you're into a new phase you know it's like oh now I'm, right now i'm really into the fender deluxe reverb and then uh a year later you're really into the jazz chorus or whatever this yeah. is where you just buy the the modules and put them in here and you don't have to think about buying another amplifier which i mean is really tempting for someone who's like really fed up of buying a shit ton of amplifier uh, amplifiers which would be me <laughs> like hey i wonder if i'd be good with a 5150 so i have to go out and get the real one and then i get over that and now i'm on to something else more martial or whatever <laughs> so for someone who can't make up their fucking minds something like that makes a whole lot of sense yeah, one hundred percent. Or think about the think about the session or gigging musician that has that. Well, for one kind of job, he goes with a more mainstream kind of act, and he needs like a different uh, different type of amp. Um, and then the other day, he has a session, and um, it's I don't know, it's like heavier stuff. Um, and he just switches yeah. some uh, changes the module and uh he brings the or he brings the modules with him and then you know he had like instantly in a very compact format he has like okay what kind of what kind of basic guitar sound are you looking for you want a vox sure uh you want a tweed amp sure you want a 5150 here we go you know so yeah yeah that's that's going to be that's going to be interesting yeah um i'm going to bother these guys to send me one of those <laughs> <laughs> that's like just send one out for a review man i just want to see if it's cool <laughs> yeah exactly cool so uh we got that um i'm not sure if it's your turn or mine um if it's okay yeah. i'm just gonna yeah, go with it's uh oh i i have one that wasn't really uh spoken about too much Okay. But my next one is from Two Notes. It's not a software, but rather an app. It the came genome. out with uh, the genome. Yes. Yeah. So now this one here I can actually speak about because I actually have it. 
So I, I played around with it. Uh, if you're a user of uh, either the Wall of Sound or you have some of their hardware, the you can get it for free. Uh, yeah. If you're like completely new to them, I think it's it retails for something like seventy nine ninety nine uh, right now. But because I've been using their shit for a long fucking time, I got it for free. So I tried it out yesterday and. My initial thought is, holy shit, this sounds fantastic. Yeah. Like the way it reacts, uh, all the the all the DSRs, not DSRs, but IRs that I bought, uh, they're all included in there. Yeah. So if I want to use whatever I purchased, it's in the list. So I can try all the different microphones, the different speakers, uh, the amps. They react really well. They have some really cool pedals. Uh, in there too and then i was going through the presets and they got some really wacky fucking presets in there that sounds really cool shit i wouldn't have come up with myself so yeah i'm really impressed with this one it it's not like the typical gear that we talk about yeah but because we're talking about more modern stuff this one here for the price point man is super competitive yeah it it is super competitive and um i've been in the the beta tester program um and i've been testing this uh for quite for quite some time and it got better and better uh with every with every update that they did um i love the interface the interface is very straightforward um i love how it sounds <sighs> man it's two notes two notes is, is one of my favorite companies in the world I mean, uh, I've yep. been using two-note stuff for like, what, 15 years now? I've used different of their oh, hardware shit. units. Yeah. Um, I've, I've used the, the, the Waller Sound, um, the Waller Sound software for, for everything that I needed to do in, in, in post. Um, so it's just great stuff. These guys are really, really clever. And, um, and yep. 80, 80 euros is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's for for everything you're getting, but it's not just what you're getting, but it's the quality of what you're getting. Yeah. Um, like oh. the interface is super well thought out. Like I, I've, the original um, wall of sound, like I got used to it, but I remember when I initially got it, I was a bit confused as to how to navigate it. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to give a lot of options, and here it's like they're giving you the options, but they streamlined everything mm. where you're not going to get confused by the UI. Like you can just go in, you click on what you need, and you're there. There's no like hidden parameters or stuff like that. You're yes. very user intuitive, and like I said, it's one thing to have a cool interface and cool options, but what does it sound like? And to me, this is a big step up from when I was using different uh, VSTs back in the past before I actually could afford to buy some tube amps again. Mm. Uh, you know, when you have uh, kids sometimes and, you know, it's like you're starting your family, you have to sell a bunch of shit just to buy diapers and stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you end up going down the, the VST route. And this here, um, like I said, I'm going to have to play it some more, but the amp choice are really smart. They're just like the classic stuff you want to go for. Yeah, I tried it out with the bass too because they have a, a section for bass. Yes, the bass stuff sounds really killer. <laughs> I so, love that. Uh, this one, yeah, this uh, one's yeah. called Foxy. <laughs> yeah, the 
Foxy. Foxy. And, and, and actually sounds very much like a Vox, which I, 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 I was expecting, but was really surprised because, you know, like I said, I, that's all I pretty much play like 90% of the time I'm playing a Vox. So whenever I have a software, I'm going to be really fucking picky with them. Mm. And I think they nailed it. Like it's yeah. reacting the way you expect it. And, and they didn't do like the typical, like, we're going to make it sound like a turd. You know, sometimes you play software that are based on Vox and they sound boxy. Like the they mids do. just suck. And, yeah. and, and then, and it doesn't sound like the real thing. It sounds really cheap. This one here, they didn't do that. Like they really did their homework on that. So I figure if they did their homework on a amplifier, that's really hard to emulate the other ones. They probably knocked out of the park too. And as you're showing right now, the pedals look awesome. And I like the name of this one, the Clonatar. <laughs> <laughs> the Ronge Maker. Uh, oh, maker. Vermin, vermin, which is yeah, like yeah. typical yeah, rat. And it does react like a rat too. Like I have a, a Proco rat and it does like, it gets like really harsh. So you have to use the tone to, uh, to put it in. That EQ is actually really powerful. I was really uh, surprised the at seven that. Like I was playing. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's really powerful uh, EQ. It really does shape your tone. And yeah, all in all, man, like if anyone's looking for a great VST with like no bullshit, like straight to the point, great sounding stuff. Uh, I think yeah. two notes did it again. They really did. Definitely comes with an IR loader um, featuring capacity for two static IRs per component instance and loads everything monosterio uh waf aiff and tur files that's the two uh two notes files um yeah. studio delay studio reverb studio chorus oh, the, nice. the reverb the reverb is fantastic yeah yeah i absolutely love the reverb they have in there i, I haven't really played with the other effects as much But yesterday it's like I hit a preset and I heard the reverb. I'm like, what is going on? So I started yeah. looking at it. And I was like, man, that sounds fantastic. Like if there was an like a independent plugin of just that reverb, I would buy it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds really, really fucking good. Yeah. They have a great EQ in there as well. Um, yeah. That, that EQ is actually, it, it's almost like, um, What's that company that makes an EQ like that? Uh, it's not coming back to me right now. Like I said, I have okay. a really shitty memory, but the, there's a company that makes uh, plugins and they make an EQ that's just like this. And I like the fact that as you're playing, you can see the waveform moving around. Yeah. So you can see if you have like too much exaggerated frequencies that you can scoop out and you can do this in the software. So that means if you're running your digital audio interface, And you don't want to take extra DSP from the computer. It's mm. built into the software, which is super smart because that means if you need to EQ your guitar and you don't want to add more plugins on top of whatever you have on your track, you could do it all in the box. And yeah. that is really fucking well thought out. I love that they included the twin tracker in here, the twin tracker that usually comes with the uh, with the captor. Uh, or the, okay. with the Captor X in that case, um, because this way, if you just want to lay down a couple of guitar tracks and you don't want to double everything, you know, like one, like one on the left, one on the right, just want to do it fast. The Twin Tracker is a really great tool. And I've even heard of people who use the Twin Tracker 
and left just left it there you know because it sounded it sounded great mm. and it sounded very natural in what it was doing exciter the wall of sound post effects oh that's the effect section from the wall of sound amazing that they included okay. that uh, and then obviously yeah i mean as far as cabinets go it's uh, difficult to compete with uh, two notes to be honest the fridge nine i love that <laughs> <laughs> it is a fridge <laughs> yeah exactly a, um, a buddy of mine had a nine by ten mpeg um and uh, whenever we played with their band he would take that so that our bass player would need would need to take his back line and uh, yeah this thing was just terrible to carry around because like it's like an um 80 80 90 kilos something like that terrible yeah they're fucking heavy uh if i can find the picture i'll send it to you yeah back in the early 90s uh i was playing a lot like i was a teenager but i was playing weddings and stuff like that and um my dad my father had a, a music store and we had the big ampeg cabinet mm -hmm. and at some point like where my dad's music store was and this is just like a blurb about like ampeg here it has nothing to do with nam but just <laughs> a fun little story so my dad had a music store right in front of a pub and this mm -hmm. pub here was called Earthquake Annies in Chilliwack. It, they used to have like the biggest acts going through there, like Jeff Healy, Brian Adams, and all that stuff. Oh, wow. If they came okay. through BC, they were going through there. So one afternoon, my dad's working, and this guy comes in and puts this amplifier on his counter. He goes, uh, how much you give me for uh, this amp? And my dad looked at it. My dad didn't know what the fuck it was. So mm -hmm. my dad's like, I'll give you 200 bucks. The guy says, sold. So my dad buys the amp puts it there and apparently it had this issue where it kept blowing a fuse so um we later learned that it was a 1969 uh mpeg svt and it belonged to the uh, the bass player from uh, jeff healy uh so if you don't know jeff wow. healy he was a canadian guitar player that was blind and played his guitar yep. on his lap so he kind of played it upside down for anyone that didn't know just go look him up he was a fucking fantastic musician so oh, yeah. that was a roadie for the band and he was tired of having this fucking amp blow up on him so he brought it to the store my dad had it checked and his tech ended up finding what the issue was so we ended up with the amplifier at home so we had the amp head and we had one of those big fridge and then one of my dad's buddy uh george he had one of those uh, cabinets as well but he was using it for guitar and he hated the sound so my mm. dad bought it from him for next to nothing. So we had the Ampeg SVT with two of those eight by, uh, by 10 speakers in there. You wouldn't believe how fucking loud that was, dude. <laughs> God. That was crazy. And we had a, a Rickenbacker bass with it. I had a 65 uh, Super Reverb. Yeah. And my Les Paul, my brother had a big ass fucking Tama drum. And we were all teenagers. We were we were kind of like Hanson, <laughs> if you will. Like I was the older brother playing guitar. My yeah. my brother Bruce was like, I don't know, 12, 13, playing this fucking Tama superstar, whatever it was. And my brother Jason with the big Rick and Rickenbacker bass and the MPEG SVT in the back, dude, it was fucking loud. It was ridiculous yeah. loud. Like you've never seen anyone yell at kids, turn it down. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, I'd rather have the plug-in version than the real thing because the real thing is uncontrollable. That is stupid loud and stupid heavy too. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, I think my my mo my my heaviest experience with um like these Ampeg fridges was I saw King X live in 2000 at a festival nearby my hometown, and Dark Panic was playing an Ampeg SVT, and that fed into two eight by ten cabinets, and then he also has, and that's like super weird. He was running a Roland Jazz Corps 120 in parallel with a some kind of distortion pedal, and that would then mix and blend together. So he would kind kind of get this slight distortion on the bass. And he was they were doing sound check, and I was like directly in front of the stage, and I was I thought I would fly away. It was like earth shattering. <laughs> it was, um, and it's. Yeah, thanks God I had uh, I had ear protection because that's like after that concert <laughs> you're gonna you're not gonna understand shit for weeks most likely. No, 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 no. Yeah, too too loud. Yeah, definitely too loud. Um, I have two Gibson related news that I like to share. One thing is it was connected with Nam because they announced it at Nam, but it it's not really um. So they recently have opened a um like the gibson garage in nashville for some time so it's like their, their own branded uh store and kind of uh gibson uh gibson experience where you can go and you, you can obviously check all of their instruments and uh, obviously you can expect to the instruments to be in top shape and um you'll get yeah. like the additional uh and there's also some kind of museum uh connected to that where you can see like some rare guitars and whatnot and now they're actually opening the same thing over here in, in Europe, and it's going to be in London. So um, apparently oh, okay. on on February 24th, um, they are going to... I love these ads, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's going on there? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's very weird. So um, Gibson has yeah. announced a grand opening date of February 24th for its new flagship store, the Gibson Garage in London. The brand opened the Gibson Garage in Nashville back in 2021, has chosen the UK capital as the home for its second location, not Japan, as many people thought it would be since Fender opened a Fender store in there. Um, okay. uh, the new store address is um, 6162 East Castle Street, London, UK, which is a short walk from the city's iconic Oxford Street. So it's super central. Um, and then half a mile from the city's traditional music road, Denmark Street. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely great. Gibson tells us that the 4,500 square feet space will offer a range of more than 300 electric and acoustic guitars plus other amps and pedals sourced from the full range of the Gibson brands stable, including Epiphone, Kramer, Mesa Boogie, Maestro Pedals, and of course the Gibson Custom Shop. Um, as with the Nashville space, players will be able to spec their own Custom Shop Murphy Lab made-to-measure builds in-store, selecting the actual top material and specs of their choosing on the spot. Now, that's obviously not for everyone, but that's obvious. that's directed and addressed to people with a lot of as you say as always you say always disposable income um people going yeah. there and getting like the full treatment as you would expect from 
you know, a store that makes tailored suits. You go there, you choose the material, and they measure every inch of your body to make it look perfect for you. And that's kind of the same thing that's going on here. You can go there and you get like the Gibson experience. Um, yeah. And I think, um, especially with traditional brands, we are going to see more of these kind of flagship stores in the future. I mean, Fender did it, now Gibson is, is doing that as well. And I think for a lot of these companies, not only direct sales, which Fender is doing already, but also these kind of like flagship stores where you can actually get in touch with the brand. I think that's, um, we're going to see more of that in the future. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those interesting kind of move that they're making that I guess makes sense, especially if they're starting to cut out the middleman and they want to go direct to consumer. Yeah. Online is one thing, but a lot of people complain about the fact that if you buy online, you don't know what the fuck you're buying. Like you've never tried mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. So if you can say, I went to that music store, I gave it a shot. I like the guitar, but here's what I would like. I'm willing to spend a lot of money on a guitar. Yeah. Could you make this guitar with this neck profile and this pickup choice and stuff like that? So if you have the money, you know you're a diehard Gibson fan, you want that Les Paul, but with these specific things on there and you're willing to pay for a custom-made guitar, right? that's actually kind of cool. Uh, I wouldn't be the customer for that because no. I tend to buy really cheap guitars and customize them myself, and I'm quite content with that. Mm -hmm. But for someone who's saying, like, look, this is my dream guitar. I'm willing to pay, like, whatever, 10K for a custom-made guitar. I wanted this specific color, this finish, etc." That is really cool for someone who can afford that and is looking for that. Because otherwise, it's kind of online. It's like you're dealing with, you know, whatever internet page and you're, like, putting in the options you want and shit like that. But if you can talk to someone and say, can you make it in, in with this type of top? Can you make, you know quilt top or you know bird's eye maple and they can tell you what the options are right and if they can do a mock-up of what it looks like on top like if they're not just like taking notes but they have some kind of software that you can see what the finished product would look like yes then i think it's it's a worthy venture for gibson to do this because there might not be attracting people like you and myself but for someone who does have that kind of disposable income fuck go for it that's really cool 100% and um, yeah, maybe I can actually try and make the trip once to, to London. The other thing that I found to be really interesting is that, uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of artist models, Gibson artist models coming over to like the more affordable Epiphone range. And, um, but all the, the stuff they came up with was more or less interesting or not interesting. But I think this is kind of a little bit of a game changer as far as like, I think this is going to sell very, very well because it was always a very like sought after um, signature model. So uh, they are bringing the Epiphone Dave Grohl DG335 signature. Um, and uh, this was also released around around NAM. Um one of the okay. most requested models in Epiphone's history, we are ecstatic to offer this exceptional guitar to players worldwide. Is this a new word? 
ecstatic. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's like ecstatic, <clears throat> maybe, but ecstatic. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gibson is not at NAMM 2024, or they were not at NAMM um, a few years already, but that's not stopped them from hosting its own LA preview party. Um, as such, we can confirm the much rumored. Foo Fighters signature model is now a reality and we even got to take it for a quick spin. This is a Guitar World article, by the way, for people who are not watching this on screen. Yeah. Um, hailing from Epiphone's Chinese factory, the build features a layered maple body, one-piece ma- mahogany neck, an elliptical C-shape, plus an Indian laurel fingerboard with split diamond inlays. Um, yeah, so it's made after the, the Gibson Trini Lopez uh, style uh, guitar comes with the yeah. Grover Mini Rotomatic tuners, has this Firebird kind of uh, headstock. And um, uh, let's see, what else can we see? Uh, Gibson USA Burst Buckers, cool. CTS Pods, um, definitely a must. Switchcraft, you know, and I expect these kind of things. Um, Graftech yeah. Nut, uh, Locktone Tunomatic bridge pelham blue paint job now tell me how much this thing costs it's probably going to be over a thousand yes 100 what what's equipped with it yeah um yeah i'm trying to find so we are told it will come complete with a custom dave Grohl epiphone hard shell case and it's set to arrive in march uh but we haven't been able uh, haven't been given a specific release date or price details so will update as these become available. So no real specific date when it's going to come and no pricing yet. Damn. Yeah. C- considering all the stuff they, they put on there and like the popularity uh, and demand for this, I'm expecting it to probably be in like the 1,200, 1,400 kind of price range. If it's below that, it's going to sell like fucking hotcake. Like if they put it at 899, something like that, with everything that comes with it, I'm expecting that guitar to just sell out in no time at all. But even if it's above that, it's probably still going to sell out because someone who really wants this model, and I'll admit I really like the color on this guitar and I like the look of it. Mm. Uh, someone who has the money in pocket right now is seeing this, goes, March, that's not too far. Uh, my next paycheck goes on this fucking thing. It's going to sell out and uh, good for them because that's, it's something that people want. They want the look. They want the style of a certain guitar. Yeah. If you can make it more affordable, awesome. But it's still, I still think it's kind of expensive though for an Epiphone. But it does come with like some really cool features though. So somebody on Reddit claims that um, he was poking around Samash website and found a product placeholder um, and then called about it and then says he got a hold of a sales rep. Um, and he was trying to get confirmation on the price. And then he says, I was told their system will likely kick the order out next day if added to the cart and placing the order online. But he can take pre-orders for it over the phone. As previously mentioned in this thread, is $12.99 plus tax and shipping. USD. So, um, and yeah. releases March 5th. Again, this is Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, you know. Yeah, um, who knows how valid that is, yeah. Exactly. We, we don't know. But um, so $12.99 plus tax and shipping. That means 
depending on where it's sold in the US, obviously the, you have the the sales tax coming on top and then and then shipping. And then I suppose in Europe it's going to be more around fifteen hundred, including VAT yeah, and probably. whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, um, um, I think that thing is going to sell uh, quite well. Um, hence the price point. Yeah. Um, all right. It, it's your turn. What's what's next on your list? Okay, so next on my list is uh, the Red Panda Ring Mod and Frequency Shifter. Um, I like weird pedals sometimes. Not all yeah. the time. And this one here is the seems to be doing something really, really interesting. Uh, like I... Uh, like I said earlier, like I haven't gotten all the information on all these things. Like I looked them up. I got the basic gist of what it does. Mm. And this one here seems really, really cool. And the demo I heard, the tracking seems to be spot on. Okay. It sometimes this can be cool when it's glitchy, but this one here seems to track really fucking fast. And uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those weird pedals where you're like, how the hell am I going to use this? Just give it a shot, find what works and get inspired by it. And yeah. I love pedals that inspire you to play something different. So for me, uh, I'm starting to get into ring modulators. And when I saw this, I was like, Ooh, that might be something I want to try out. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Uh, the radius is a ring modulator and frequency shifter with pitch tracking and an advanced LFO. It is designed around the novel eight quadrant multiplier algorithm. Um, that's that's really interesting. Radius puts complex harmonic structures like bell-like tones, metallic textures, frequency shifting, soft tremolo, and bubbly phaser sounds at your fingertips. So obviously, that's all these things are a result of what happens when you combine and arrange some of the settings. Um, yeah, and then and also it it looks it looks really nice. Um, has a couple of oh. Actually has a USB connector. That's nice. What's that for? Mm. Okay, doesn't say. It has MIDI though, so um, there's a possibility, and that's what the what these. So here it says input output, and then there's control, and that is probably a MIDI uh, a MIDI jack translated into the like TRS format. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't say what the... Ah, USB and TRS MIDI. Oh, so it's USB. Ah, okay, it's MIDI over USB. Gotcha, gotcha. Nice. Yeah, that looks... That goes yeah. into the... And from the... Hmm? Please, go ahead. Yeah, what, what I heard in uh, the demos, there was um, a reverse tremolo which is really fucking weird. Who <laughs> isn't is. expecting it? So it's doing the tremolo thing, but like the the the, the envelope filter, if you will, yeah. is reacting in a very different way, which I thought was really interesting. So I, I'm presuming this is mostly digital. So it's not like an analog ring modulator. This is probably all digital. Yes. But what I heard made it sound really interesting. Like it's got some really wacky shit in there, but very usable at the same time. Yeah. I don't have any experience with Red Panda. I've been aware of them for quite a while. But this here is like the first pedal I see from them where I go, wait a minute, this I want to try. So at some point, if I manage to like buy one or borrow one or something, I want to do a uh, full like in-depth demo of this one because 
it, it's interesting. Ring mods is not for everybody, but if you're into like experimental stuff, especially this with like synth like pedals or fuzz, uh, you can get some really wacky shit that's really fun and interesting to listen to. Mm. So yeah, uh, spotted this one, thought it was cool. Another one uh, that I spotted, uh, I'm going to kind of do a, a twofer here. Yes. Uh, so there was the Red Panda. The other one that's really interesting is Dan Electro came out with uh, the 59er guitar, which is a gold top, like their typical uh, guitars that they come up with, with uh, like the, the lipstick pickups. Yeah. And they also came out with uh, the Nichols 1966 Fuzz. So they, they have... A few releases they came out with, but the uh, 59er, the new one, uh, the the gold top one that they were showing at Nam, mm-hmm. looks fucking good. It looks really, really cool. And it looks like they didn't cheap out on uh, any of the options on this particular guitar. Yeah. And as far as the fuzz is concerned, it's uh, very different sounding than what I'm used to. Uh, there's a few videos on YouTube that you can go watch of uh, this particular fuzz but being like a fuzz addict i i have to have my uh, this one at some point so uh yeah the new guitar from them a new fuzz from them as well uh is this the one no that's nam 2020 um, uh, oh i'm sorry it I'm looks sorry. a lot like this one yeah it, it looks like this one it's like practically the same model um but they 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 made it more like a gibson gold top Mm-hmm. And there's an inclination to the pickups, which is different. Like usually their pickups are straight. Yeah. And this one uh, they came out with, they're more slanted. So I don't know sonically what that does. Um, um, yeah, I'll check. I'll just check the website and find out if if there's anything yeah. on on their website. Um, guitars, new the fifty nine divine, that might be it. No, that's not that's not it. I've been so out of touch with mm, Don Electro stuff that um, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I, I th- this particular model is something I've been wanting for a long time. They're not overly expensive, mm-hmm. and I know they're like some people are going to say they're cheap guitars, but there's a sound to them. They, 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 it's more of a uh, like a vibe thing. Like you're, yes, you get these just for the fun of it like so i'd like one of the one of these but um more baritone so oh I yeah could do like the old country stuff with the tremolo i, yes. I really like that and uh yeah it's um if we manage to, to to find it uh we could probably overlay it on this video so yeah. i'll see if i can send you the link to uh the specific guitar yeah and um yeah the 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 other release from them is uh the nickels 1966 fuzz um okay which don electro nah. nickels yeah so that's n i c h o l s h o l s fuzz let's see if i can find something around that yeah um new for them the night okay but that's a new Vietnam four days ago okay there you go Ah, yeah. ah, yeah, yeah, I've seen that one, actually. The 1966 Nichols. Gotcha. Modern recreation of the Liverpool Fuzz Tone, um, which was the first fuzz created 
by Fox Paddles founder and current Dunn Lecturer owner Steve Ridinger. Or Ridinger, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, and it's somewhere... The Nichols 196 houses a unique three-transistor circuit that produces a distinctive sound that falls somewhere between a fuzz and a distortion. Um, highly reactive to your guitar's yeah. volume knob. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, the the sound demos, if, if you go on YouTube, actually that, that very demo right there... Uh, sounds great uh very cool sounding uh fuzz pedal and being like the kind of player that loves fuzz this is another one where i'm going fuck i'm gonna have to buy that one <laughs> <laughs> i don't care if it's the best sounding i just need like i i want like all flavors of fuzz and that's something i don't have so uh yeah it's a, it's on my list and uh that with one of their guitars man i would be happy i would love having that um, I think that's a good segue into, um, since we were talking about fuzz, um, here is something that you can, here's a fuzz pedal that you can build yourself. Coming from Third Man Hardware. Oh, okay, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, um, that hmm. also released at NAMM. So, um, uh, first of all, obviously there's a, there's a uniqueness to the, to the enclosure. Uh, which is nice, and then you'll just get the black enclosure and a couple of stickers that you can apply as you see fit. And um, here it says, the third man hardware Fuzzatron is a pedal kit that allows anyone to build their own fuzz effects. It is suitable for the beginners who have little or no soldering experience, meaning that you have to solder it. It's not like the, the Nauticlon where you can just you know put things together and you know yeah. put some goob on it and you're good to go. Um it comes with a detailed instruction manual and all the necessary components, meaning a QR code for online access to the instruction manual. That makes sense. Circuit board components, hookup wire, battery lead, 9-volt battery not included. Makes sense. Black chassis box, um, quarter-inch input and output jacks, foot switch, external power jack, uh, rubber feet, and the third-man hardware sticker pack. Um, and then it has three controls, uh, tone, volume, um, and that's it. And switch the foot switch. To, well, yeah, obviously that's, so it's actually, it's actually two controls. The switch for me is not a control. It's like on and off, but anyways, um, <laughs> so there we see, we see more of these, uh, we see more of these like ideas and cuts concepts of, you know, here's a bunch of here's a bunch of stuff for a really low price. I hope I hope it's really low price. I'm not. Let me see if I can oh, find yeah. something on the price point. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. No, nothing on the price point. Do um, uh, do they mention which circuit it's based on? Yeah, I'm trying to. Oh, okay. Oh, so that's the that's the 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 MXR kind of um kind of thing double double down pedal yeah no i don't know what's based on but um well wasn't third man hardware judging the, um, by uh please go ahead yeah you were saying no no please go ahead trying to find out yeah uh i thought that uh it's kind of reminiscent of something like this 
So uh, this one here, the Frederick effects is like a super fuzz. Yeah. Uh, they call this one the super unpleasant companion. Yeah. Which is supposed to be like a, a little play on uh, Shanae, um fuzz pedal. Yeah. So judging from like the triangular enclosure, I'm guessing it might be going for the super fuzz thing. Yeah. Uh, that's why I took that out because I just wanted to give like a visual cue of what these pedals look like. They're kind of clunky and not very pedal board friendly, but if you're after that sound, they're very cool pedals and they have a really unique look to them. So I'm curious to see what the um what the circuit is based on. Yeah, oh, the thing is the the thing maybe is that someone more knowledgeable will know. But. Yeah, the thing is that that so Third Man Hardware is this cooperation between MXR and Jack White from the White Stripes. Um oh, okay. so I suppose it's going to be based on um, let's say then this knob adjusts the tone of the fuzz effect from dark and swampy to bright and screeching. So it seems to have a pretty wide range of, of fuzz tones. And um, uh, I mean, it's Jack White has to be something that sounds slightly broken. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> Probably. I would assume. <laughs> um, yeah. And while we're talking about, uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a two for one here as well. While we're talking about Jack. Uh, yep. white as well we uh, some time ago we actually talked about this uh relationship between him and donner when we had um yep. richard on the, uh, richard on the on the podcast and apparently that's what they did um for this year's nam so donner and jack white's third man hardware launch three in one analog multi effects pedal the triple thread which is a distortion into a phaser into an echo Okay. Um, let's see. White has originally teased that a collaboration with the brand was only on the way earlier this month on his Instagram page. The unit is set to arrive this year in two different variants. A limited edition yellow, exclusively available at Third Man's Reverb store, and a second variation in a standard black finish. Um, yeah. Echo, phaser, and distortion... Uh, the classic phaser segment is upgraded from the Pearl Tremor pedal by Donner. Um, hosts extended mod controls. The analog voice echo originates from Donner's first ever pedal, the yellow fall delay, with warm analog tone and rich feedback. Um, but I don't see what the distortion part is based on. Well, um... Let's see. Whoa. The standard edition of the triple threat will be available for 99 USD. That's... That's fierce. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's kind of a... Kind of like the, the fly rig. Similar in concept. Sort of, yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. But what kind of surprises me is I've... I really thought because of the association with Jack White that they would go for like unique pedals instead mm. of pedals they already have in their roster. Yeah. So seeing that they're kind of rehashing stuff that they had before, just putting them together and saying, hey, this is a collaboration. Is it like what's yeah. unique about it? It's already like standalone pedals they have. They just put them in one enclosure. 
So I don't mm. know. Um, I, I thought they would have something a little more wacky, a little more unique because well, of the association with Jack White. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought they would come up with some something that's, um, yeah, closer to what people kind of kind of love about Jack White. But then again, um, he claims that he wants to make it affordable for people to you know, create um, a certain array of sounds and um, maybe that that's what he wants. And obviously Richard, uh, Richard says, well, he's probably doing it for money. Uh, there's probably something in there for him. And since Donner is a Chinese company, um, uh, this thing is probably very, very affordable uh, to manufacture in certain numbers. And then... Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's sold directly through, uh, through the reverb shop of Third Man Hardware, then there's no additional, there's no distributor, there's no, uh, you know, there's only one person who actually gets all the margin, and that's Jack White. So, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, what else do you have on your list, sir? So on my list is uh, the Blue Guitar Amp X. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, that that looks uh, killer. So I, I've seen a few videos already of uh, the Nam Show, and uh, it looks like it's a all-in-one solution, and it does look really cool. Like I, yeah, what, I was looking oh. at the 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 interface, and that looks awesome. Yeah, since I'm in. Since I'm a, um, well, I know Thomas very well. I've been involved in in the development of the uh, Iridium Edition uh, Amp One, and I'm an I'm an Amp One uh, user from from the very first moment. I absolutely, yeah, I love I love the stuff that he does, <clears throat> and I mean I think the the Amp X, which was actually first presented like two years ago the NAM show in 2022. Okay. Um, and then, uh, but then Thomas was testing it thoroughly uh, because he's still playing live a lot and he was uh, handing it out to beta testers and a lot of people. And then apparently uh, now he's 100% happy with the unit. He always found like little things that didn't work the way he wanted, wanted them to um and so yeah, it's apparently now he's happy with what it is. Um, and it says the amp X is going to cost nineteen ninety uh, euros or dollars, which is um, yeah, people might consider it expensive, but the the stuff that's under the hood there is is remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. Yeah, um, it's a uh, I think 100 or 150 watt power amp, and this thing is, believe me, this thing is loud as hell. I mean, the regular amp one is loud <laughs> as hell. It's unbelievable how loud it is, and how great it feels. Oh, yeah. The louder it gets, it's really great. You'll get boost mm. and and uh, drive pedals in there. You'll get um, all kinds of like delays and modulation effects and, and whatnot. And here's the other thing that Thomas is is planning to do, or it's 
I think he already established the framework for it. Um, so if he's going to work with companies who make effects pedals to make uh, blueprints, like digital blueprints of those pedals, he calls them blueprints, hence, his, uh, <laughs> hence the company name. And then yeah. they are going to be integrated into that ecosystem for people to purchase. And then the companies participate in the sale. So let's oh, say that's smart. Let's say I wanted to work with Thomas and I said, hey, here's the all you can boost. Here is the um uh the arc of tone and whatnot. And um I, I I'll then hand them over. He makes the, the blueprints and then they're available for people to purchase. Um and then I get a cut every time um every time one of these sell, but you can use them within the amp one. Uh, the MX, sorry. So that's uh, yeah. that's that's really really nice. I'm I'm really looking forward to to. I I really hope that now it's really coming out. Um, yeah, um, it definitely was. It that's definitely going to be a a game changer for for sure. Um, I th yeah. think. Yeah, there are already a couple of dealers who have this thing open for for pre-order so um yeah certainly looking forward to yeah, that the video i saw with them he was saying that um there's a few things that he still wants to tweak with some of the effects mm -hmm. and it should be in production in the next few months so a couple months from now mm -hmm. uh really interested to see people's reactions to it because he was saying that like he modeled his own amps, like his own Vox, yeah. his own Marshall. Yeah. Uh, he has, uh, I think he had, he mentioned that he had a signature pedal at some point with, uh, I think, TC Electronic. So he got that, that modeled into uh, this particular amplifier. So yeah, man, I, I, I really like the innovation yeah. behind uh, his stuff. I've never played it myself. I know you have extensive use yes. with them, but uh, every demo I've heard with it sounds killer. So yeah. Yeah. looking forward to see what people think of this amplifier when it's out yeah yeah 100 i'm uh i'm i'm convinced it's going to change uh the game a lot because of the of the really rich feature set it's definitely a huge step up from the from the amp one so um um yeah super looking forward to this um i where was the one that i oh yeah so uh, KMA Audio, which is a uh, Berlin-based company, is entering the amp and cap simulation game. So, a topic that we have had in like very often in these ten episodes that we did so far was like, where is where are, where are guitar player setups going in the future? Like things are becoming more compact. So, the this is the new end game. It's the KMA Machines Endgame, which does exactly what a lot of these things do, where you have like um, uh, like a power amp simulation and you have different cabinet IRs that you can choose from. You have extensive controls. Um, it also has a stereo effects loop. There is an ambience control um, in there. Uh, what else? Double, double tracking feature which is, I mean, there's... Yeah. Um, 
So, the KMA Machines Endgame is an ambient cabinet simulator that offers a range of features, including a foot-switchable stereo effects loop, dual cabinet simulation, ambience control, foot-switchable double tracker with, with knob, so some, some sort of a twin tracker uh, feature. Um, pedal also has a switchable tube power amp simulation, flexible internal signal routing, and analog high headroom signal input with high Im impedance circuitry. Um, obviously, the, the yeah, the usual stuff like the stereo XLR direct outputs with ground lift, uh, USB C to load impulse responses, 32 bit internal processing, which is more than enough. Um, Pedal, the pedal's DROACIR loader comes with three uh, Celestian digital powered presets. So that's the that's the uh, that's the suite that you were using and that you were praising highly at some point when we talked about different like IRs. Um, yeah. So yeah, looks like a very very thought out pedal, um, as far as I can see. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to go there. Um, <laughs> uh, I would love to see something on the price as well. Um, but there is nothing on the price yet. Yeah, it's probably too new. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned this one because it's actually the first one on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to be talking about this one. Yeah. So it's cool that we both uh, spotted it. But yeah, and, and I think the name is kind of clever too because Endgame, it's like it's the last one on your Yes. In your signal chain. So you have all your pedals, and this is the very last one. And it's not just a one trick pony, it's got a lot of very cool features to it. Yes. So, as we were talking about, you know, how we're moving forward with, uh, you know, like preamp pedals and going digital and stuff like this. Yeah. This is really well thought out. Yeah, it is. Like, I really like the feature set. And uh, I'm just curious to see how it plays out once people start to do demos of it. Yeah. But, um, Obviously, it's not a pedal that has a sound. It's not, not like a phaser or distortion. No. But uh, still, like, user experience is going to be super important with this one. But, uh, yeah, uh, especially, it said $399, right, for the price? Yeah, so $399, um, and that's that's super reasonable. I mean, that that is, that is it is competitive. If you look at what um, Universal Audio is doing and all these other companies that come out with... Um, with all these different kind of solutions for for the for the pedal board, um, and I know that uh, because I've seen it in one of the articles that this was they were planning it for a very long time. So maybe maybe along the way um, they saw oh okay this company is coming out with that kind of feature or the other company just introduced this kind of so I guess in that time they were they were able to react and adapt to a lot of things that were happening in that kind of niche. Um, like product category and then finally um, after I think two years or something that they were developing this came out with something that's that's covering a lot of ground yep smart design yeah uh, really interested in that one yeah yeah 100% cool yeah oh, it's nice to see that it was on your list as well um yeah anything else on your on your list one more yes um this one here wasn't something that i saw at nam but i saw it on uh the toman youtube channel yes 
it's the Palmer Supreme uh, Soaker. Yes, yes. I actually, so it's basically yeah. an. I actually, I also have an you have article. It on list yeah, yeah, let me just find the. Oh, cool. Article. There it is. The Supreme Loader. A soaker, sorry. Uh, but loader because, yeah, yeah, load box, attenuator, speaker simulator. So this one here is said to be analog. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's 100% analog or mostly analog with some digital options. Yes. But uh, this, again, is something that's interesting, kind of in the same vein as like Two Notes and other companies that do stuff like this. Mm -hmm. But they're offering a more analog approach to it. So I don't know if it's going to be like EQ curves that are simulating speakers or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting take because I mean, when you consider it, Palmer is actually one of the original yes. like uh, speaker simulator companies. Yes. So it's kind of fun to see them come back into this game and be competitive again. So uh, I don't, do you know a little bit more about this? Because I don't have a whole lot of details on it. So um, I'm yeah, also I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's... Um let me see. So from the just looking at the controls, just from the image, I would assume it's more um, tailored towards people who kind of like the appeal of the aux box from Universal Audio, but they don't want to spend. I don't know what this thing is like over one thousand bucks, right? I'm not sure. Um, probably, yeah, probably. Um, but they want the kind of uh, kind of same sort of feeling with it where you just put it on top of your amp you connect it and you have a few controls to fiddle around with but you don't want to go too much into depth but from what i see um you're right it seems to be something like like a like an eq curve that simulates uh certain uh speaker types um so the so um, this is in a german article that i found so i'm trying to uh kind of um, translate that in real time. The, the Supreme Soaker combines a load box and an attenuator and is suitable for uh, tube amps with up to 150 watt power output, which is a lot. Um, it definitely yeah. also works as an analog speaker simulation with uh, five precise tuned speaker presets. Um, what else? Yeah, so you can reduce the actual output that comes out after, yeah, so the attenuation output in six, seven steps. Then it also comes with a microphone input on the front. Oh, okay. So okay. there's a microphone input that you uh, that you can use to mix the micro uh, the the mic'd up uh, sound. With the direct sound of the soaker. That's interesting. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And you can blend those. Um, then you have headphone outs. Uh, headphone outs, you have an aux in to use with you know, external like backing track sources or something. Uh, you'll have a symmetric XLR stereo out, obviously, um, stereo effects loop, reamp output to do reamping in the studio. That's great. Um, okay. It is completely analog, and everything that you need to control is uh, can be found in the unit itself. Uh, you don't need an app. You don't need a menu. It's just like switch it on, put it where you want to put it, and play. 
Um, Palmer used their 40-year expertise um, from all the products, the, the successful products in the past, and put them into one unit, uh, which then is going to market around 1,200 euros. S steep. That's not bad. It's not bad, but it's also, it is steep. It, well, if you consider like the Oxbox, that is, that uh, at least for me as a guitar player, I, I'm looking at the price. I'm like, that's the price of a fucking like expensive boutique. Yes. Yeah. Because especially when I was living in Canada, I was looking at them and I think they were like 1800 or something like that. And I was like, holy shit, I can't afford this. So I was really happy to have what I have over here, which is uh, the the Capture 16. Yeah. But if you're looking to go down that route, I mean, you're still saving a lot of money compared to the Oxbox, which is digital. This one here is analog. But I think if we omit like the analog and digital uh, aspect of it, these guys have been in this game for a long time yes. and they stuck to their guns. They're making like analog stuff. And from my experience with them, which is very, very sparse mm. to say the least, every time I tried their stuff, it's fucking stellar. Mm. And their price point are usually very competitive. Yes. When I was over at Guitar Summit, I believe it was uh, the folks from uh, Surfy Bear, uh, in the Surfy Industries, they had a little Palmer unit, which was acting as like the, the cab simulator. Yeah. And believe it or not, to in my opinion, they had the best fucking sound of all the, the units I tried. Like I tried, people were doing like the ox box and the two notes and that. And when I got to this little Palmer unit, I think that sells for like 60 bucks or something like that. Yeah. It sounded fucking cool. Like yeah. it had a great sound. So if they can get that in here and it sounds killer, then maybe the price is going to be justified. If they don't sound that great and, you know, they don't have, you know, all the, the features you would find on something like the Oxbox and all that, which because it's digital is going to offer you way more options. But if you don't get option paralysis from this thing, because, you know, it's sticking to like the basics and fundamentals and it sounds killer, maybe the 1200 is not so steep. Yeah. Um, and here's my, here's my, my, my pet peeve. External, um, I mean, I know that people want to keep things <laughs> as compact as possible, but come on, guys, an external yeah. power supply. Oh, please. Well, you can't yeah. have it all, can you? No. <laughs> well, maybe that's something they, they could change in the future, but something like this, like you would expect like a normal, normal Walmart kind of input where you have the options for like, north american or european yeah uh, electricity something like that but right now with something like this it's like you get your own cable with your own converter and you hope and it's also the connection onto a unit yeah. like this like it can come undone so easily so yeah 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 um kind of weird so um here's here is uh here are a few things that um uh we don't have to talk about in detail uh, a lot but one thing that was announced just around them is that Turok acquired uh, di divided by thirteen, which I found to be uh, oh, okay. really interesting. Um, because yeah, so divided by thirteen was not not like in the spotlight for for the past couple of years, and it was like kind of laying low as far as I could see, and I was I was looking at it. Um, and apparently for some time already, uh, 
their owner has to uh, was looking into the possibility of of um of yeah selling the company but obviously you want to find a good fit if uh you don't want to sell it to someone who's then you know uh put it uh, put it into investors hands or something like that so and this guy was like really keen on yeah. trying to get the best possible match and i think it's a great marriage because i mean yeah turok and divided by 13 are names that you associate with um high end um like uh, handmade hand wired uh amazing sounding amps you know that have a that that go by a certain yep. uh tradition so um i think this is a great marriage and uh, apparently uh, they are going to build all the all the stuff all the, the existing models um in northern california where they also built the two rock stuff and um okay yeah i think that's um i think it's a great marriage i i think i like that very much and um i mean to yeah to some to some, to some extent obviously i mean uh there are amps that are totally outside the financial range of a lot of people I mean, Turok amps, some of those are like really, really, really expensive. Um, but I also don't see a lot of used Turok amps out there flooding the used market, which is probably testament to the stuff is good and people tend to keep them because they just they just sound good. So maybe, yeah, you spend more on, on an amplifier, but it's a good investment. Even uh, the divided by thirteen stuff. Oh, I think I saw one once on the used market here locally, like really one time. And two rocks, like the, the two rock stuff. I think I've seen once, but they were like really small model, like twenty watt heads. You don't see like the big, uh, like fifty or hundred watt, whatever they are. Mm. Uh, you don't see them uh, on the used market. So usually they're like more guess we could say entry level for the company like the smaller lower wattage less option amps that you're going to see on the used market mm. but i mean these are very specific like if you go for divided by 13 two rock companies like those they have like they really know their branding they know what they're doing uh people who come to them come to them for that specific thing that they do yes and i have like really uh profound respect for companies that know what they're about companies that try to do kind of like the family restaurant thing where you can order chinese food or italian or mexican yeah. they tend to not be that great at what they do because they're not specific enough and when you see that in guitar companies that tends to happen too they're kind of like lukewarm for the for the most part so these guys here if they can honor the tradition of what divided by 13 has been mm -hmm. and they keep going down that route and the end user doesn't see a drastic change in the voicing of the amp or the quality and build quality, then it's perfect fit because that's what you want, yeah. right? You want that company to keep going, you know, without having any bumps in the road in terms of production or quality or stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that makes sense to get like a top-notch company like Two Rock to buy a top-notch company like um, like Divided by 13. Yeah, 100%. And And... While we're talking about top notch, um, 
there, the other news that I saw that I found very interesting is that Victory, who has been known in the past couple of years for doing like, um, in my opinion, very affordable M's made in 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 the UK, um, and obviously modeled after some of the um, like US or Brit classics that are out there, and like, but also giving it like their own spin. Um, as of this year, this year they're also entering the high end game, um, and it it kind of reminds me. It's like whenever I look at a two rock, there is a distinctive visual aspect also about Turok. And the first thing that I saw when, or that I thought when I saw these new um, Victory amps, which are called the MK Clean and the MK Overdrive, uh, is like okay. Um, it looks a little bit like a two rock to me. <laughs> yeah, it's got that vibe to it for sure. Definitely. And um, so here it says Victory Amps brought two new models to the show. The MK Clean is a monster clean machine with loads of headroom. So that's like the typical like two rock thing, you know, like 100 watts, high headroom. Um, what else? Spring reverb, bright switch, uh, selectable EQ voicings. On the other side, the MK Overdrive is a three-channel setup with independent gain control, switchable volume levels, presence, and more. Production begins in March, and they will go around 5K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. From what I saw, uh, there was an interview with, um, I'm not sure the name, Martin Miller, I think, uh, used to be at Cornford, and he was explaining that this particular one, the, 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 the overdrive version is kind of taking from one of the cornford like flagship amps. Yes. And there's just a new approach to it. And, uh, Martin kid, Martin kid is the, Martin kid is the, is the, the guy yeah. who was at cornford. He also worked at matchless actually. Um, as far as, far as oh, I know, okay. so he was also a designer matchless. Um, and, uh, if I, don't quote me on that. It's possible that I mix it up, but I think he was also involved in, at least for some time, in um, in Matchless. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Mm, so here's the MK Clean. Yeah, so it, it looks like, yeah, it looks like these are based off of something that was done with Cornford amps, but they're kind of like revamping them and having a new approach to them. So, um I don't know. They're hand wired. They're built in the UK. I have no experience except with uh, the Kraken pedal, mm. the the V1. So I don't know about the amps. But judging from the, rep- the the reputation of Victory and what I've heard so far, someone who wants that specific uh, amplifier with the options it comes with, it might be worth five k. I I've never dropped that much money on an amp before, or even a guitar for that matter. So when you put that price point, I'm thinking, well, I might as well forget it because I'm never going to fucking buy this. Mm. <laughs> but it's not because I I wouldn't want to. Maybe I would plug into this and weep myself uh, to sleep at night thinking, fuck, I'm going to have to sell everything to buy this fucking amp. But I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> I see the price tag on something. Sometimes I go, okay, I have to erase this from my mind because I'm never going to buy this. Like there's no way I'm ever going to drop 5K on an amp and in 5k are we just talking about the head alone or are we talking head and 2x12 cab or no no that's that's just for the head alone 
Um, and you were right about oh, yeah, fuck. you were right about okay. what you said. So starting point for the MK Overdrive, with, where there is no image on this website. Um, I think they didn't make or create images for the for that one yet. Um, so the starting point for the MK Overdrive was the Cornford MK50 Kids Revert Blues Rock Ampad. The end goal for Kid here was to design the ultimate overdrive amp. So um, yeah, he's taken some of that stuff that was that was in the Cornford and made the whole thing like um, yeah a multi-channel amp. Um, uh, yeah, clean. The overdrive channel, meanwhile, supposedly has enough muscle and aggression for modern rock and metal players. So he's kind of taking uh, all the stuff that he offers in different heads and puts it into one uh, kind of high-end format. What I've like the context from from all the stuff that I've seen is the reason why they are so expensive is yeah they're made in the UK by hand, but also they go no compromise on components. So they buy the oh, okay. most selected and expensive components you can get for building these, similar to what Tuok does, and that's why they're so expensive. And he goes like, "This is for this is for the guy who doesn't want he, who doesn't want variables in what's coming out of the amplifier, you know." So um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, they are not going for volume here. They are not going to sell hundreds of these amps. It's, uh, it's impossible. No. Um, what else does it say? Yeah, it comes with several custom I, finishes. I know from the interview. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, from the interview, I saw they were saying that you can order uh, order the amps with different finishes, different Tolex, and all yeah. that. So for that price, if you have that option. I mean, if you're willing to put 5K on an amp and you can choose the color you want and all this stuff, I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Um, the amp's production starts in March. The MK Clean costs uh, 5,000 USD and the MK Overdrive 5,200 USD. There are also 1x12 and 2x12 cabinet pairings. The price of these is dependent on your chosen specification, so speaker type, and probably uh, what kind of tolex you want, and what kind of color and handle and whatnot. Um, and while we're at it, they also released the Deputy, which is a collaboration with uh, Danish Pete from Endertons, Um which is let's find an imi image. There's an image. So one of these like more compact amplifiers, um, very light, very very compact. Um, and it's called the deputy because the basis was the um, was the sheriff, so the, the victory sheriff, um, okay. or the the vintage channel to create a testament to simplicity, delivering a pure and powerful classic rock sound. Um, mm. And uh, mm. yeah, what does it say? That that would be more. Be more my style. Yeah, most likely. Something like this. Um, yeah, simpler, 25 watts. Um, probably, I, I don't know what the price point is, but I, I'm going to imagine that it's going to be less than 5K. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> 1500 or something. So, um, yeah, 1500, oh, 1500 yeah, for the head. Reasonable. And remember, they're, they're still built in, in the UK. So it's not like 
you know there are amps that that yeah. cost 1500 and they they build overseas so <laughs> um uh, yeah. yeah yeah exactly i'm i'm totally i'm totally fine fine with that so he says yeah uh something that's in between a very clean amp and a marshally kind of crunchy high gain amplifier depending on the settings that you choose so um yeah nice i really I really like that. It's very cool. They seem to have a lot of signature gear. Mm, uh, yeah. Victory, like a lot of signature amplifiers, yeah. right? Um, which is kind of neat because, like, the, my understanding is that a lot of them are based off of like the DNA from very popular amps, like the Kraken. I think is based off the fifty one fifty, but with like tweaks that make it its own yes. thing. And uh, the copper, I think, is based off of uh, kind of like a Vox style amplifier. Yes. The Sheriff, more Marshall. So, yeah, th those are really interesting. But then again, like I said, I've I've never played them, but I do want to play them. When I when I lived in Canada, uh, Victory was like to us a very pricey amp because it's an import. Yes. But here in Europe, they're really affordable. Yes, they are compared to what they are back yes, home. One hundred percent. And I, I I find that kind of in. Yeah, I find that really interesting that stuff that is made here uh, sells for far less than what we purchase back home. Yeah. Like Victory being one of them, uh, a lot of the pedal brands uh, that come out of Europe are way, way expensive back home. Like if you have those on your board, people look at you and they think you're a dentist or, you know, someone who makes a shit ton of mm -hmm. money. And over here, you can get them at like fairly reasonable price. But then again... The switch is, is that someone that's here in Europe, they see Gibson as like high value and they're going to see Mesa Boogie as being like awesome, the epitome of amplifiers. Mm -hmm. And it seems like just because we're overseas and we're looking at the products being made somewhere else because of the import and all that and how much it costs, they get sold for a shit ton of money. So Victory, when I was in Canada, like I was looking at the price, I was like, holy fuck, these things are expensive. Yeah. And then I get over here, I walk into a music store. I'm like, holy fuck, these things are pretty affordable. Yeah. <laughs> so while I'm here, if I can grab one and I like it, I'm probably going to purchase it here rather than back home because the price difference is huge. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, yeah, this episode is already very long, so I'm going to try to to narrow it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, nobody's going to, um, people are going to fall asleep. So, one thing that for you as a Canadian <laughs> might be interesting that I found was this yeah. uh, this news where Alex Lifeson, who recently not only launched a signature amp line and a signature, um, I think, distortion and overdrive pedal, also uh, is going into a collaboration with Godin uh, Guitars for a Lurkst, yeah. uh, for a Lurkst guitar, which, yeah, I also find like it's a nice marriage. Like, a player from a Canadian band going into a nice collaboration with uh, with a Canadian brand. Uh, like it. Yeah. And, and then again, Gaudin is one of those companies where back home, they're not seen as like the high end. They're seen more like a mid price point company just because, you know, they're built in Canada. So they ship in Canada. There's no extra cost. But here in Europe, it's like, it's amazing how every time I talk to a European and they speak about this company, they praise them like they're in high regards. Like, oh my God, yeah, I have a goddamn whatever model. I'm like, 
Are we talking about the same company here? <laughs> and it seems like, for whatever reason, Canadians, they don't really appreciate what they have. So we have Gudain back in, in Canada. We also have uh, Trainer, yeah. which is a amp company that's been around for a long time. And Trainers for us is kind of like you go into a music store, you pay 500 bucks for a head, you bring it out on tour, you beat the shit out of it, and it just takes a licking and keeps on kicking. Yes. And over here, it's like people, oh, yeah, I have an old Trainer, and they they covet them because they're not as uh, readily available in Europe. So kind of like to that point I was making earlier, it's kind of funny to see that people are like, holy shit, a Canadian music legend goes with, you know, a, a Canadian company. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because he could have gone with Gibson. He could have gone with, you know, pretty much any company, but going with these guys, knowing how they make their guitars, if you ever like, go out and look at uh they, they have a, a few uh documentaries about how they make guitars mm. and these guys are like top notch they know what the fuck they're doing yes. and they have a great price point so i'm wondering like how much this is going to sell for is it going to be more for the consumers or is it going to be more for the collectors so yeah. yeah i'm kind of interested in uh seeing how they're approaching this the limelight is available now with a map of 3999 <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Expensive. No, that, that's M's. Yeah. Sorry, that's M's. The limelight. Um, oh, those are yeah, M's. I'm trying okay. to find out anything on the price of that. So, um, I, so I like the I like the specs. You know, it's uh, like a, a comfortable guitar, uh, 12 inch radius, uh, 22 medium stainless steel frets, um, which are going to last forever. Um, the whole guitar is kind of modeled after the Hentor Sportscaster, um, which is like some legendary instrument that he played. Um, HS HSS pickup configuration. The like pickups are Mojo Tone, so the uh, company makes the the oh, amp okay. cool. also makes these um, these pickups. You can have this guitar with a Floyd Rose or a Vega Trem, which I like a lot because I love the Vega Trem. I have it in one of my guitars. It's an amazing. It's a really amazing um, tremolo system. Um, and um, yeah, but I can't find anything on what the guitar is going to cost. I hope it's uh, going to be somewhat. So Lurks Guitars. Limelight Guitar. Oh, okay. Okay, so they okay apparently it's it's all self there is it it's all self um distributed so um let's find it so you would have to buy it from their website yes in order to uh so basically Gudain is making the guitars for them yes but Gudain is not selling it okay I see. so here you can get this with the Vega Trem, um, made in Canada. No, I don't want to join the family yet. Um, but no price point. Oh, but this is the Godin Guitars website. So, um, oh, okay. So, so they are selling the guitar. That's cool. Exactly. Is it pre-order? Maybe possible. Um, can't find anything on the. On the price, go down, Lurkst guitar. Let's see if I can find some 
Oh, it's 5,000 Canadian. What? Yeah. <laughs> with with the Floyd Rose, it's 5,000 Canadian. shit. Yeah. Holy. Okay, yeah, that's not accessible to everybody. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because usually Gaudin has, like, very good prices on their guitars. Yes. But this here, this here is probably one of those associations where like everything is so fucking high specced, yeah, that they don't have a choice but to sell it at this price point. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, five k again, not within uh, my uh, disposable income budget. No, at all. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna try to combine a few things here. So um, essentially like fender uh looked at what was working within their vintage and us range and then kind of brought replicas of uh of that within the squire range so the vintage style classic vibe uh kind of uh takes what's working uh well within their um like american vintage line um that's something they did but they were not at nam so um they also did something around oh, okay. nam they were not at the uh, some of these big companies are not um are not at NAM anymore. Um here's another uh Canadian company uh celebrating their tenth anniversary with a um uh tenth anniversary head, the Ref Generator 120 uh B, uh which is has two nodes direct capabilities included. So another one of those amps where, you know, yeah, you have a 120 watt amp which is is going to you know, uh, throw your neighbors off uh, the roof, most likely. But because you have a two notes, <laughs> <laughs> you have a two notes uh, built in. Uh, what is it? Yeah, re two notes embedded reactive flow. I, I suppose the Captor X. Um, you know, you could just go directly into your audio interface and be fine with that. Um, and it's essentially like all all the stuff that that the generator range is famous for so they have like they have they have a good solid clean channel um which is actually capable of handling pedals very well and then they have uh some like very nice adjustable um overdrive and up to like extreme metal channels and um yeah a lot of people really um, love those yeah, pretty versatile yeah 100% this one's manufactured in canada um and this goes for three thousand three hundred. I don't know if that's U.S. or Canadian. No, it's U.S. Okay, three thousand three hundred U.S. At least uh, that's what Sweetwater uh, says. Um, we, yeah, if it was Canadian, it would be dirt cheap everywhere. Everywhere else, so yeah, it makes sense that they put it USD. Yeah. Um, then we had the release of the Muse driver from uh, from Keeley. Uh, we also spoke about that. Uh, beforehand so essentially another collaboration with andy timmons where you get like um like some andy timmons modified kind of sound so you essentially have like tone level and uh drive stuff that you were used to when you're working with an overdrive pedal and then you have switches where you can um like change the drive and tone characteristics between what comes stock or what robert Keeley tuned it to and what uh, he tuned it to with Andy Timmons. Um, and uh, yeah, 
And of course it says, simply adding the Muse driver to your pedal board will make your rig sound better, obviously. Um, you can switch between uh, true <laughs> bypass and buffered bypass, which is nice. Um, uh, classic blues driver circuit with decades Keeley mod experience. Germanium-based overdrive crafted with Andy Timmons direction. Okay, so yeah, uh, apparently there is a possibility to get like the germanium diodes um, in there. Yeah, exactly. Drive switch alternates between asymmetrical silicon or dual germanium diodes. Okay. Um, huh. We saw that. How, how did, much? Did, are they saying what it's based on or? Um, no, but classic blues driver would make me think that um, they took the blues driver unit. So, I mean, uh, Keely was uh, became famous for like modding the blues, the boss blues driver unit. Um, yeah, the fat mod. Yeah, the fat mod, and um, I think that might be the yeah, exactly if the tone switch is down and in the RK position that features the legendary fat mod, providing more low end frequency response. Perfect for pushing oh, okay. up vintage or single coil pickups. Um, okay. Um, how much does that go for? Is there a price for that? Let me see. Oh, come on. Why are you so <laughs> slow? 200 bucks. Huh? It's okay. Oh, that's not bad. It's okay. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Clean boost uh, to square the, the wave halo, fuzz. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so ba basically, it's a heavily modded um, blues driver. Yes, heavily modded blues driver, okay. and you got to give credit to uh, for the enclosure. It's uh, it's like they're doing things their style, so Keeley always kind of stands out, uh, and it's a very minimal, minimalistic design. I like that. You know, there's there's looks sleek. I like that too. Yeah, yep. and since they are capable of doing everything in house. It doesn't, you know, um, there's no one that looks, it looks great. Um, and then, um, what else? Yeah, we also talked about this one. So, the, uh, Electro Harmonics made the news again with this, like, limited edition Big Muff in a gold enclosure. Um, and apparently they sold out in just an hour or two. So, it was on the website, wasn't even fully announced yet. Yeah. And, crazy yeah and um my guess is we are going to see a lot of that very soon for twice or three times the price on reverb <laughs> oh for sure you can count on it for sure yep. yeah um it's going to be terrible and in the end it's a big muff as you know it's um uh well especially that they're going for the ram's head which is like considered to be one of uh the fan favorites yeah uh, obviously someone who's into big muff they're gonna like all of them but that seems to be uh the favorite one and it's actually the one i have too like i have the nano version mm -hmm. and i love it i think it's one of the better circuits that i've played that's based on the big muff because if you go if you start to explore they all have differences that are kind of significant uh, a lot of mid scoop and um 
the ram's head doesn't feel as scooped so way more usable mm -hmm. and uh yeah especially now it's gold yeah <laughs> how many youtubers do you think are gonna do i love gold <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the austin powers thing it's gonna have a, yeah it should be funny mr powers i love gold <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be it's going to be fun um yeah yes we yeah. We, we can't cover everything because this is this is going to be like a uh, 10 hour episode but i kept the most controversial one for last which is full tone of course you have. <laughs> full tone is back in business <laughs> and announced a full relaunch in collaboration with jackson audio which was a surprise to many people because obviously uh, Mike Fuller, uh, I think it was 2022, like the end of 2022, he announced that he's going to retire the business and go over to his ranch in Tennessee, where he also has like um, a tone studio and like recording studio. Um, and it's just going to do that. Um, and now, exactly, yeah, May 2023 announced that he would sell off its final pedals built in the California outlet. At the same time, Fuller also revealed he would relocate to Nashville and revive the brand in the near future. Well, um, and I remember when that happened, immediately people went crazy with the prices for a simple OCD overdrive. And suddenly it was like, oh, yeah. they are going to be, there's going to be a scarcity of these now that they're not in production anymore. And uh, yeah. Things were things were very uh, very weird, but then also kind of the whole situation went back down again, and you can now get them for reasonable uh, uh, pricing. Um, apparently, yeah, the, they're starting hmm? to come down. Yes. Yeah, apparently the plan for them is they're, they're starting to come down. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Apparently, the plan for them. Uh, so they made a little like short documentary which um yeah you can find on youtube um and uh, yeah i encourage everyone to see uh, to watch it it's 10 minutes um and uh you can make of it whatever you want uh, apparently the plan is that um like full tone is also going to make new products then in collaboration with uh with jackson audio and they are going to work close in prototyping and um uh, then everything else is going to be taken off uh, Mike Fuller's um, hands. So uh, pretty much the, um, the the whole manufacturing part is going to be taken over by, um, uh, by Jackson Audio. And apparently they have very up-to-date, um, uh, very up-to-date production planned. Uh, but yeah, it costs quite, so, um, I had a very heated conversation on pedalboard.org or on their in their Facebook group, which is like the largest German uh, pedalboard group um, on on Facebook, and people were discussing like, okay, now because this is going to be like more mass produced or whatnot the whole thing like uh, pricing is going to go down or pricing is going to go up and people were, were talking about it. And I was, um, I was just, uh, I was following the the thread 
um, and what people were saying. And then I was looking at what's going on in the used market. And um, I was looking at the prices and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anything really is going to happen. You know, um, prices are not going to go up, mm. and they're not going to go down. Um, Full tone is going to be able to sell new uh, products again, and it's going to, you know, sell their classics, um, and it's going to be made in the U.S. the The more interesting question is, who is going to want to sell? full-tone products after all the things that happened uh, to Mike Fuller or that happened around him during the, um, yeah, during the um, controversy uh, about some of the comments that he made and some of the behavior that he showed, which he apologized for. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you say something, then be, then it's because it's in you. You know, it's not because it just slipped out because you had a brain fart or something. And if it if there was a brain fart, there's still something in your brain that made you fart it out. So, um, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a, yeah, it's it's kind of like if you eat beans, you gotta expect you know a little tutti frutti at the other end. It just comes with the territory. But uh, yeah, for for me. Like, I don't give a shit what this guy says. Like, if, if he says, you know, the most absurd thing and some people get offended by it, that's, I, if you see what I, if you would see what I say on a regular, regular basis, uh, I would get canceled so easily because I just say whatever comes to mind and I say some really stupid stuff. This guy, however, he was running a business and, of course, he said some stuff that some some people are going to agree with, some people are going to disagree with. I think that if we put that aside and we just look at the product itself, is there a demand for full tone? They have some classic pedals that some people absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And it might not be you and I's cup of tea, but for those who want it, knowing that a company like Jackson Audio is taking over the production, and from what I've because I've seen uh, that short documentary and it looks like the owner of Jackson Audio really has a deep appreciation for full tone and the legacy. And I don't think he's going to go and fuck it up. I think he really has an intention to keep making things the way that Mike Fuller uh, intends to make it. So if, if that's what they do, what's going to happen as far as I can see is that all the price high price high hiking fuck, I got a hard time talking, like all the price hike on the older paddles are going to start to come down because they're going to re be doing them again. And then you're going to have all the people saying, oh, no, it's not made the same. Uh, the, the old stuff is good. The new stuff is shit. I can't see that happening with Jackson Audio because all they do is this like stellar quality. And if they're taking the legacy of full tone and they're really respecting it, we should be having like maybe not one-to-one -one comparison, but pretty fucking close. Cause I mean, it's not like there was some special recipe that went into making those pedals that you can't analyze and reproduce. Yeah. Vox has told you that they analyze the old Vox and they can reproduce them. And you could probably do the same fucking thing with a pedal. Yeah. So what's going to happen is all the people keeping the prices really high on those old ones. It's going to start to come down. And we're going to see a shift for the consumer that wants to get maybe, I don't know, the, the, the full tone overdrive, whatever, uh, like the, the OCD or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, 
some of the rotary stuff that he was doing, then you can get them at a normal expected price instead of paying a fucking premium because the company doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, we'll I, I'm interested to see more what they do with the, the, the price tag and the end user and the quality of the product, as opposed to whatever controversy is Mike Fuller still associated with them, but now there's a new head and that head is going to be taking care of public relations moving forward. So uh, yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to see what happens, but yeah, it seems like once you piss off people in the guitar community, then there's like really no coming back. <laughs> so this guy can apologize all he wants, but it's like people are not wanting it. Now yeah, maybe a Jackson Audio made a, a, a false move by getting associated, or maybe people are willing to move forward and uh, just have fun playing pedals again and not make it so political. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, and it seems like that's where the where things get kind of um, divided, you know, in a way. So. There are there is a certain array of people who are like, this guy is has been saying some awful things and I hate him for it and I'm I don't want to be associated with his products. So they throw everything that has the name Fulton on out of their rig and they're selling it. Um, and then there are people yeah. who are like detaching that and said like, well, you know, I don't I don't care what he's talking about in public and what his opinions on certain topics are i'm playing his product because i like it i'm also not questioning uh what uh apple uh apple ceo is doing uh behind closed doors or what he his you know views on on political or social issues is or um and i don't even i don't even know who the who the ceo of samsung is uh he might be a total asshole you know for what we know um, we have we have no we have no cl we have no clue, yeah. but obviously the big difference is that this industry is so niche and is so small but so well connected that that and people seem to be so much more emotional about these things than than obviously that yeah then you get that kind of um, like diverse movement to. Uh, like one side of the spectrum where you're like, I don't want to be associated with this guy ever. And other people are like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm just playing this overdrive because it sounds good. And I don't care if, you know, the guy is a, is a total dork. Um, and yeah, that, that was, that was kind <laughs> of the, the, the thing in that, in that thread where the discussion where I was like, okay, um, I don't see the prices going up and down. Um, I see more as like, who is going to sell them? Um, after all of these things that happened, and um, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see. You know, they can do that the direct sales. They're definitely going to sell direct. That's for sure. Um, Guitar Center yeah. threw them out. Reverb threw them out, um, and uh, yeah, and a couple of other retailers as well. And now I see that after the news of the relaunch spread, um, I saw a few European dealers saying we're trying to get those pedals back in in stock and whatnot so mm. apparently yeah it's gonna it's gonna go this way uh this way or the other and people are just going to make a decision on whatever they see uh fit i was never a big fan of 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 his pedals um i think the ocd is an okay um overdrive many people love it I think the full drive was an okay mm -hmm. kind of overdrive slash uh, boost. 
Um, I had more appreciation for the for the Deja vibe stuff. So the vibe stuff that he did was, I think, was was really really cool. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. That's about it. And as far as Jackson Audio goes, I have no experience with their products at all. But um, I commented on a Facebook post around this relaunch. Somebody like posted it, and um, I, there was one guy that said, "Well." Jackson Audio made one great pedal that I bought, and then I bought another pedal, and that pedal was total, totally terrible, and I had to send it back three times, and then they ended up like keeping it and giving me my money back. So um, while mm. that is an isolated event, obviously, um, seeing the stuff that Jackson Audio does, which is like more advanced as far as like the internal things go, um, uh, yeah, well... I'm happy to wait and see what is what is happening. I don't ex- expect fluctuation in the market, but I also don't expect that this relaunch is going to be overly successful because if I look at the pricing of an OCD f- as new as it's on Fulltone's website right now, and if I compare that with the pricing in the used market with a difference of almost 100 euros, I'm like, why would I buy a new one? You know, it's the same stupid pedal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think what we're seeing too, because I, I know you have a deep appreciation for stand-up comics like George Carlin and guys like that from the 1980s, which were uh, very vocal about their own political opinions. And I think we're starting to see, without making this political, I think we've seen too much politics and personal beliefs get seeped into companies and then companies are afraid to get associated with someone because they said something bad one time Mm. and you see people drop out. And then if the public is like, okay, maybe we'll give full tone a second chance. You see all like the vultures come in like, Oh, maybe we're going to get associated with full tone again. And you can tell a lot of people are full of shit. They pretend to have principles when they don't. Yeah. And I, I, I love seeing that a company wants to make a comeback and the public tells you whether they accept it or not. So if they have success, that means people have moved past this and they're willing to you know, start purchasing the products again because I'm certain there's got to be a lot of diehard full-tone fans. Yeah. Much like you, I don't really care for full-tone. I had the OCD version 1.4 and I tried to love it. Everyone was telling me, oh man, those full tone are amazing with the uh, Vox amplifier. For my personal taste, I thought it was okay at best. It didn't play well with other pedals. So for me, it's like, I don't really give a shit if they're there or not. But if they are and people are willing to give them a shot again, then I'm happy to see that companies can redeem themselves. Uh, There was another company we talked about when we weren't recording, and I'm not going to mention the company, mm. but it was a company that kind of screwed their uh, client base by, you know, taking circuits out of one pedal and putting it into another yeah. enclosure. Some people are know are going to know what I'm talking yeah. about, and um, they're still around. Uh, so I figure if they're still around and they were screwing the people directly, yes, I think that is a much bigger offense than saying something political on Twitter or whatever the fuck, right? Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, being a free market and uh, we vote with our money, maybe Full Tone is going to go like this, or maybe they are have a resurgence, or maybe they're not going to make a splash and uh, next year 
they're going to close again. Who fucking knows? But it's kind of interesting to see like the political landscape get mixed in with consumerism and see how people react to this and vote with their hard-earned money. Yes. So, yeah, very interesting topic. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, as, as we said, we cannot cover all of the stuff that uh, launched at NEM. So, um, yeah, it's just it's going to take too long. Um, if you guys that are listening right now, if you've seen something at NEM uh, that you found interesting and you want us to take a look at it, uh, please leave it in the comments. So um, then we're happy to take a look and talk about it and dissect it to uh, to its very details. Um, uh, yep. I think we do have a guest for next week. Uh, we're not going to re- reveal who it is yet, but um, uh, it's. I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Um, and yep. while we're at with housekeeping, uh, please keep in mind that we still have our 250 uh, subscriber giveaway running. So a limited edition Jupiter Fix Wallow uh, uh, Overdrive Distortion Fuzz is uh, it can be yours if you subscribe to the channel and at 250 subscribers we're going to give away that pedal um subscribing is free doesn't cost you anything but you can actually win something if you do mm-hmm. so um yep and um yeah and the 250 is coming up soon 250 is coming up soon we are currently at 195 yep. uh, and that is youtube subscribers um we are also running on on yep. a couple of podcasting platforms such as spotify and apple podcasts uh, but we're talking about youtube so um 195 so another 55 and the giveaway is actually going to take place and we're going to do that to do that live during a podcast episode for full transparency um and uh i think we can close this almost three hour long (laughs) episode (laughs) (laughs) it's our longest one uh, number 10 and we went all out with it oh awesome um it was a as always a pleasure to talk to you about all these um interesting things um that are coming around them and um yeah we are going to see you guys next week uh next week with um at the usual time again so usually our episodes air at uh, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Central European time. This one's going to air um, uh, on Tuesday, so a little bit earlier because we want to be close to the NAM news stream. And um, yeah, have a great yep. week, have a great weekend. And until then, be well, and we're going to talk to you very soon. Cheers. Cheers.